nerd. 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 I'm not kissing a nerd. What is a nerd? Nerd. Holy crap, are we nerdy? Yeah, no. It's like a it's like a boxer and it's just on it and then it's just like jumping all four legs at the same time and then it keeps rolling. Hey, go ahead and talk into your microphone. I'm talking into my microphone. There we go. It sounded uh, a little weird. I don't know if that's. I think it's because it's, it's the handheld. It's the handheld, I mean, but it's the, or the lapel. It it sounds like it's different, but you come in clearly the, the whole time. So. Yeah. No. No. I, I feel like my headphones got turned up a little too high. Turn it up. Not, not so much the not so much the microphone yeah. itself. Turn down his headphones, yo. Turn it up. Uh, that's actually it. that's a lot better. Yeah, turn down my yeah. headphones too, because I'm like. Turn yeah. down my headphones. My, head, my eardrums are bleeding. You uh, you and Chris are on the same one, so. I'm soothed now. Okay, yeah, that's fine for me. Oh wait, it sounds like he's in the sound room and he's piping in into the. I think we should just make Sebastian our producer because that's what he sounds like. Hey guys, could you? Try actually talking for a little can, bit. Can you stop Welcome, sucking? producers Sebastian. Doesn't sound. Like... Get back to work. <laughs> no fun allowed. You can use the smaller stand. You, you gotta want. do what you gotta do. That's what she said. Gotta get the uh, the Futurama demotivational work posters. This <laughs> mic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fine. Yeah, do this. Let me see this in a second. That might be the same thing. They're all the same holders. It's that mic, because the mic doesn't have anything around it. It's like falling apart. It's fine. It's okay. You good? It's fine. Blah, blah, blah. All right. Yep. Uh, Okay, so how are we doing this? Are we going to do each person five, or are we going to do... Five 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 four 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 three 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 three. I was, let's let's say I movies. Are we gonna go? What did, what did Shauna give you your top five or what's your number five? What's your number five? What's I your was thinking five? everybody give your top five. Okay, no, we can do that. Yeah, we can start. We, we, we can start. Year. We can start with the category and then go around. Yeah, that's that's yeah. what we did last year. I just wanted to make sure that's what it was before we get yeah. started. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and then at the end of it, we'll discuss that for top. You know, everybody's top five compared to what. The top five grossing or whatnot. Well, last year that's what we started it with. We just let's talk movies. Do you want me? Talk. You want to start? We with? just start. We last year we did like movies. We're like let's just start with the top ten. We t- this is the top ten grossing movies. Just as kind of a right. recap, and then we went into because it was only the four of us last year. It was mm-hmm. me, you, Ethan, and Travis. And yes. So we just did that real quick. Thank you. For because we, we didn't know, didn't we do our? We didn't. Did I we, thought we did ours at tune in. I was wondering because the first. No, because we did it the last week, and then the first two weeks of January we were at TuneIn because one of them was the X Men. Uh, no, the, one of them was the the Secret Wars Convergence, right? One. And then the other because that's mm-hmm. when you guys came up with the whole X Men, four of them or whatever. Yeah, there and then they yeah. fired us. And then they said we were no good. <laughs> Pretty much. Who fired you guys? Well, two we, <laughs> beginning of the year, the, the yearly recap. Remember, we started the year at TuneIn Studios. Rich was doing work for TuneIn in, where was it? It was like... Venice Beach. Yeah, Venice Beach. And so they said they were looking for content. It's like a startup. They, yeah, uh, they, gave us, was... they gave us time in the studio on Monday night. Monday night. We did Sunday night. We did Sunday. We did a Sunday one day because they had Mon- the holiday party was Monday night. Right. I think that was the last one we did. 
So we recorded with a sound engineer. We did two episodes the two times we were there, and I think we did the one that we were there Sunday morning. And then all of a sudden, they wouldn't, <laughs> they didn't give us the files oh, for the last show we did. And then they're basically ignoring Rich, and then finally said, "Yeah, you guys can't record here anymore for all intents and purposes." And Rich could never get an answer out of him. Then you saw them again, right? I, I finally I had to go back in there and do some other things, and they were like. Oh well, you know we went with a different direction, and we're we're not really doing the you know the podcast uh, anymore straight from here. Kind of what we figured was that they didn't have the authority to give us the time in the booth. Oh, and, they and then they, and somebody then finally like, showed up and went, "What like, are you guys what? doing? Yeah, you yeah. can't, you can't, because we weren't paying for it." Okay, it was it was basically they had the right to put the content on i on on uh, TuneIn in addition to us putting it on iTunes and Spotify and Bitmap and all the other bullshit that we had. Bitmap. Whatever, <laughs> I was thinking a blip, and then we were on they blip. just yeah, and then they just dumped us completely. That drive sucked ass, but God, that studio was gorgeous. Oh, it was, that studio was so much fun. It was so good not to do, and it sounded fantastic. Yeah, we had a, somebody mixing it, and mm-hmm. it was just uh, it was oh, gorgeous. Good times. So if anybody knows <laughs> the studio. So um, I don't know if we would have lasted the whole year at that drive though. That I don't. Was, yeah. Even every other week, just got to be was like, dude, this is like an hour and a half just to get down here. And, even, and that was even carpooling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it like Santa Monica or something? No, Venice Beach. Oh, even farther. Yeah, yeah, much farther. It was not a fun ride. Yeah. Especially in the back of your Camaro. <laughs> that was over a bump. <laughs> wasn't wow. that you were bad. you were in the back. Right? Yeah. yeah, I sat in the front. It was you, yeah. It wasn't. Ethan there? was in the back. Travis met us because he kept calling right. me trying to figure out where the hell we were. And I'm like, we're the bright yellow Camaro. You can't miss us. That's so who right. was in the passenger seat? I was. He was. Oh. Yeah, it was, but it was still that. That studio was so much fun. And then they were like, "Oh yeah, if you guys want a drink, here's some beer and all this." And we were like, "Okay." They had like house beers there, and they're yeah. like, "Here, take a beer." Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, it was it was cool. To, at least it was a cool experience to have. Mm-hmm. Assholes, and then they fight. Assholes. So welcome, Nerdables, to episode one seventeen. This is our two thousand fifteen wrap up show. Um, I'm joined with Shauna, Chris, Mikey, Ethan, and Sebastian to my right. Who I think Mikey and Shauna look like they're just praying. Oh, they both have their eyes closed and their heads bowed. They're thinking about their lists. They're trying to commit it to memory. Shauna's got the hood up, so she looks like a shaman. Like Shauna the shaman? A mage. So I guess we can actually, we can say that we, we've left Shauna the year of Star Wars, hopefully now. I mean, does anyone... Oh, no, 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 no. There's still two years until the next movie out, so we have to talk about no, that. No, no. So two, the, what are you so talking about? The year years? of Star Wars is two years? Well, I mean, for like the episode eight. I know, yeah, Road Squadron is what? Episode next eight year. is next year. I know, I'm saying. 2017. Year, okay. It's a year and a half. Technically, it's a, it's a year. But as of no, technically, a couple it's a days ago. Because it's May of next year. <laughs> technically, yeah, it's May. Yeah, so it's a year. That's it. When we're done with Rogue One, we only have five months until Episode Eight opens. Yeah. Oh, man. And then How are we going to fit all that speculation and talking? No, in no we're, just gonna, we're just going to talk about numbers for Star Wars destroying every box office record that exists. <laughs> and we're like, oh, do you think it'll catch Avatar? Yes. Oh, they've already said it has. There it I don't think it has yet, but it should this it's coming week. Yeah. And it's going to because, really, Nothing this is else. our wrap-up show. We're going to wrap up the biggest movie in, in 2015. Yeah. Uh, it, it's going to be in theaters for another month. 
At least, and at least this is these numbers are before it even opened in China. It no, the early, early numbers are. It's it opened in China now because it was a week later. Uh, no, I thought China doesn't open until the fifth. They just had the Singapore Singapore uh, premiere last week. They had the premiere in Hong Kong too. So right, yeah. So, so I mean, now because I thought I thought the fifth was the day it opens. Oh, either last week or this week, it should have been premiering in. Uh, yeah, I thought it did like right after Christmas. Anyway, one way or the other, it's going to make a lot more money. Yes, because nothing there's nothing else to see except little art house films. Right, you saw it on IMAX today, right? I did. Oh, How was, was it? It was amazing. And even what's the, the poster? Uh, the poster is uh, it's it's um, like the first one with the same color scheme, mm-hmm. the uh, the red and the orange and everything, mm-hmm. and it's got Phasma and Stormtroopers over oh. the wreckage. I have a feeling that all four posters fit together as one mural, Maybe. Anyway. which would be kind of cool if they released that. Um, but no, the IMAX experience it was even seeing three D was really good. The three D brought out all of the the background stuff, so you know seeing it for the fourth time, I got to really kind of experience. The background stuff and the Easter eggs, and um, after reading the the novelization and hearing about Which all the comes out soon. the <laughs> all of the script stuff down that's come out, you know that, that they've said that that was in the script that either didn't make it or yeah, there's a bunch of stuff in there. There's yeah. that article that I thought I shared it, maybe we didn't. Where they're like, well, if you go through the visual dictionary and yeah. the cross sections, here's this, this, and this important stuff. I saw it. I finally saw it a second time. I saw it with Eric on Monday. Yeah, and. I liked it better the second time like you because I wasn't like all wrapped up in okay wait what what you know, like that right. expectation versus reality and you're about halfway through a film like that going do I like this I think I like this that's how I, I felt think, the first time yeah the first time like I think I like this do I like this do I... but I will say the non chewy hug again just takes me right out of the film well I tell you what because I today I'm standing I'm watching it and I, I wanted to see where Chewy was in, in, in you know compared to Leia and. There's one shot. Uh, he is standing. Half of his body is off of camera, right next to Leia as she's looking onto Ray, and it's like they literally are with inches of each other. But in the long shot, he's in the group. And, that's the it, problem. Well, in the, long, it, in the it, long shot, he's in the group of people. But that's after they pass. I they know, literally still, pass each other. I just no matter. I'm sitting there watching it, <laughs> and it gets to that point. Eric and I hadn't talked about our experiences when we first saw it. Yeah. So we go and and we were talking about a whole bunch of other stuff. We get in the film. We're watching the film. We get to that point. I literally I slap when he's like, put my hands up there and go, Gah! and he looks at me and he starts chuckling. And when we got out, he's like, that scene bugs you too, huh? And I'm like, you saw that you got the same thing. And he's like, first time I saw it, immediately in my head, I'm like, huh? And his wife turned like, why didn't she hug Chewie? Yeah. Why didn't she hug I don't understand. So it was just. It, and I'm sitting there going, "This is going to bug me every time." I'm telling you, if I, I had film. if I had one question for J.J. Abrams about the film, that would be the that question. would be my first question for him. I'm like, I, I would ask, like, "Why did you not shoot?" I know why he didn't shoot. He's like, "Well, I want to have the moment with Ray." But the problem is, the second time I saw it, it was even worse. Mm-hmm. We'll get to our list in a minute. I swear. Yeah. The second time I saw it was even worse because you can have that moment when she leaves to go exactly. find Luke. She can put her arms around and go, "Go find my brother." Exactly. Go find my family. Mm-hmm. Go find your family too. You know, go to it, and I, like you could have had, you still could have had that piece. Yeah, what they wanted just a little bit later, and to me, it makes more sense because she's going, she's going to do what Leia can't. Leia's like, I'm not going to leave the resistance to go find my brother, even though I know where he is. You're taking my place. Yep. To go find the person that I think can stop my son, kill Snoke, destroy the First Order, 
and maybe bring the galaxy back to peace. And all of that's instead, there at the very end of and it. This, and instead of that, they're like, no, let's let's cheat it and put it at the point yep. where she. I mean, that Han means so little to her. Yep. I mean, he means a lot, but he means so little to her. By the way, spoilers. It's just like <laughs> at this point. Yeah, at this, this point, point, yeah. Why well, I saw a bunch of the Star Wars sites said on January first we're lifting the spoiler ban. Yeah. So like the the publishing page came back mm-hmm. and the, the Force is strong with this page or whatever. Well, they like, started they started putting up character uh, stuff too. Yeah. Well, they basically said if if you post on the page a spoiler in the thing, we're not going to ban you. Right. Like we did before because at this point we're like, look, we're giving you the warning, and they gave it for like the day after Christmas. They're like, on January first, we're letting everything go. Mm-hmm. We're putting the page back to whatever you want. So anyway. No, yeah. So you know, watching it, there was a lot of there's a lot of little nuances that you could see, and I'm really I'm I'm after reading the book, reading the the uh, visual dictionaries and everything. I almost guarantee you they purposely left stuff out so you would go to those other media. No, I'm, I'm sure they did. The second time I watched, the other thing that I did was I, I paid all the I paid special attention to all of the dialogue that dealt with Kylo being Han and Leia's son. Mm-hmm. And I'm flipping, I'm changing it to go like, okay, he doesn't have to say anything. Right. You know, you're pulled to the light because of your family. Even the very first occurrence that he has with Max von Sydow's character, mm-hmm. the appearance that he has with him, and he says, you can't escape the legacy of your family. Right. I know who you are. Everything there is just Luke, 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 Luke. Yep. And then you drop that bomb and it's like, oh my God. Oh. So um, it's, just, it's, it's really because I enjoyed it so much more. And yet I have these two huge problems with this film. Yeah. And I'm just like, and it drives me crazy. When Kylo is interrogating Poe, uh, and he, he makes that little comment about, he, he makes a little reference to him knowing him almost, I swear, and I, I heard it this time, plain as day, he says Ben. And it's very, very faint at the end of it. And, and I hadn't heard, I hadn't really noticed it, but this time I caught it and I was like, I swear, it's, he says Ben. I definitely want to go see it again. I want to try and see it in IMAX before it disappears. Did you see it again, Sebastian? No, I'm waiting. You're still waiting? Yeah. Definitely. I always love that every time he does that, Sebastian looks at his watch. Like, I'm still waiting. I got I'm time. I'm still waiting. I got, I got time. time. I got it's, time. It is, it well, is 9 o'clock. Four hours <laughs> left in Sunday. Day. 8 o'clock on Sunday. Um, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking 3.55 on Wednesday. The only thing, I, 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 would, I think that I might want to see it again, but I'd want to see it. You at, think you might want to see well, it again? Well, I would want to see it again. If I go see it again, I would go see it at you the Chinese. You have to see this more than Guardians. I'd go see it at the Chinese theater. Because it's, well, it's a I, seven, I, 70 millimeter you know, and yeah, non 3D. I, was, I wanted to go to. Um, uh, we were trying to find a day to go to El Capitan, but it never worked. Yeah, I still want to try. But anyway. El Capitan is. I mean, go to go to the the Chinese theater on Hollywood Boulevard, where the original. No, was. I know that was kind of our first plan, and then we found out all the stuff that's at the El Capitan. So yeah, we we're like, yeah, oh yeah, I that's true. There. That's t- yeah, yeah, they have that whole exhibit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I still want to go see it again. So let me know whenever you guys want to go. We, yeah. we, we should we should do it and go to El Capitan or something. Yeah. Okay, so we're talking Star Wars because obviously that was the big thing of 2015. Uh, from the time Celebration happened all the way up till now, it, it wasn't was, the only big thing. It was the major. It was it became well, the that big and thing. Bruce Jenner became a chick, I mean, and Donald Trump. Two. You know, those were the three big. This things. is the greatest of year that's ever existed <laughs> in the history of years. But here's something. Everybody's talking about the billion dollars that Star Wars, the film, has done. No one has even mentioned that there's three Star Wars video games out. And between the three games, it's done a billion dollars this year. The Old Republic game, the Disney's Infinity 3.0, 
and Battlefront, which Battlefront has done now $660 million. Wow. Because they, they have Sebastian's money now. My $30. They have his $30. $660 million. Well, you saw, remember the numbers like last year for the, the latest Halo and stuff uh-huh. like that? The, well, it's, whatever it, that, it, it, it still pales in comparison to to something like GTA V, which did a yeah. billion dollars in 24 hours. Yeah, yeah that's the so like but Those, those Call of Duties and stuff like that, those games, when when the numbers started really seeing what you can do in a day uh-huh. versus a movie, because obviously anywhere from 10 to $20 for a movie ticket, 60 bucks out the door, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. just need 100 million people to buy a $60 game worldwide, and you're going to do that. But if you look at big this, games. if you look at this, just between, if you, if you look at close to November. The hell with that. Think of the money they just made from Disney, Target, Walmart, and, and Toys R Us. Yeah, Disney has already, I mean, they haven't put those numbers in. And we haven't even talked about the numbers that they're doing in grocery stores selling BB-8 oranges. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> It's one of my favorite memes. Disney needs to calm the F down. <laughs> <laughs> I still want him to put out a, a BB-8 soccer ball. I'm sure there is. I, so I can, I'm, sure, I'm sure somebody... I'm, bend it. I'm sure it's in the middle of a... You know, I'm going to bend it. But it's going it. to have the head also, so it's just... Yeah. It's a set, you, you, get, you get two ball. of them. You get two balls. Stops. No, you, get, you, get, no, you get it the way it is, so that when you kick it, it just stops. <laughs> well, no, here you go. The net that you put the ball in, and then the... Uh, plastic clasp that holds the net sealed with your ball in it is BB-8's head. There you go. There you go. Why don't you just have the net be the one that's on the side of that dude's little cybernetic thing? Oh, yeah. When he first captures the droid. So... Uh, but I mean, I mean, it is a big deal. I mean, Disney has pretty much made back the $4 billion that they've already... No one thought they wouldn't. Yeah. I mean... We knew the movie was going to be huge. We we said this. I don't think there's any way it's not going to be the biggest film unless it sucks. If it came out on Friday and it was like this movie is hot garbage, then I don't think it would have done it. Which as soon as it came I, out, see, I don't like, know if that's true because I don't think it would the, have done the, this. The Phantom Menace was highly acclaimed when it first came out, and it made a shit ton of money. And it's not until... Not, not highly acclaimed. You said highly acclaimed when it first came out. It, it was highly acclaimed when it first came out. You can go back and look at reviews, even fan reactions. The, the film was very... It wasn't initial... until like... It wasn't like until like five, six years later where everyone sort of the collective endorphins wore off. And they were like... Well, it's also a different time. It's not very it's, good. It's, well, it's also that the... the dissemination of those opinions is so different now. And inflation. It was to, in, yeah, and it was instantaneous. Yeah. And the thing with here is there's even this backlash now. I've seen it all over Facebook. It's like, why can't you people understand this is a terrible film? Oh, it's, it's getting so worse. Much bigger. I mean, oh, it's yeah. it's, well, because I, this is the, that age of cynicism where everybody thinks that everyone else's opinion has to be yours. Mm-hmm. If I don't like this movie, it's not that I don't like this movie. It's that I don't like this movie and nobody in the circle is allowed to like it either. Right. I, I, I would agree with that, but I also I also do feel like for me that if, like immediately after something it's like it's going to be a lot of people in ten years not going to like this movie as much. I have a feeling as they do now. When eight comes out, you'll see that backlash more. Of course, yeah. Because I mean that's the thing is, and I've, I've read eight I've, really sucks. I've read a lot. I mean, I've read quite a few of the reviews, especially reviews from people who've been really consistent over the years. For me, at least, right. how they read products, and you know, straight away they were like, eh, and I was like. Okay, I get the feeling that that's how people are going to feel later on. But see, here's the big thing. The, and the biggest and, you know, complaint I've seen with people, though, is or heard with people, is it's too much like Episode Four. You know, oh, it's it's nothing original. It's just all going back to it. It's a valid complaint. It's, yes. it is a valid. So complaint. when you get to eight, and they're actually now they're they're past of the reimagining part of it, and they are telling the actual story because that's what it felt like. This this movie felt like there should have been something before this to explain some of those. You know, 
why you know how how Ray got to well, the see, planet. That's the, that's and that's the other problem I done. have with some of the criticism for it. Like, well, why does this happen? Why does this? Happen? It's it's a movie. Yeah. Everybody needs to comment like, how does Ray just instantaneously? Know? It's a movie. Yeah. She's a mystical Jedi person. It's not. Oh. You know, I'm not. I'm not. Well, I'm, look, but, I'm not watching Black Hawk Down. Yes. If I'm in the middle of Black Hawk Down, and all of a sudden a soldier who doesn't know how to fire a gun picks up an M60 and fires it one-handed and kills 300 people in one shot, which is Commando, by the way. Right. I'm going to question that film because uh, it's supposed to be some basis in reality. So, see, no I, basis I, see, in reality. I, I don't know if I buy that because, especially because when you look at the the contrast between Ray and Luke's journey, Luke is kind of bad at everything until you get to the final especially in the first movie he has to be saved she, she's the cross between Luke and Anakin Anakin was no, so good at everything he, he did was so good beginning. at everything but that's also why he wasn't a very compelling character until you watched the Clone Wars at right. least Luke had to be saved by Han Solo you know had to be saved by had to be saved by you know saved from the sand people by Ben he had the ghost of the bar he has to be saved again by Ben you know Han Solo has to cool... save him until and it's not until the very end and then you know even when he's lightsaber training he can't really use the, the the training droid. He can't fight against the training droid very well. Right. And then you have his you know his one victory against the Death Star, which is a mild use of the Force. Just that's a pretty big victory, though. But it, no, but it's a ninety. But I mean, that's look. Hey, they, gold but, one tried it and almost got it. He but. did, but it, but also his his use of Here's, the Force was turning torpedoes ninety degrees. It wasn't suddenly being able to know how to use the Jedi mind trick, which is something only Jedi knights are supposed to be able to do. But, that, but see, that's what I liked with Ray. Was you know, that... even, even in Empire, he, can't, he can barely pull his own lightsaber the out thing, of the snow. The thing that I would say is, you're reading way too much into it. It's a character. That's the trait they give her. See, I don't it's see. It's a trait I'm, that's, that's given I don't, to I'm her not, as a character. No, no, but I'm not. No, it's a terrible trait that they give her as a character. You because, think it's a terrible trait, but it's because. But here's the thing it's not the fault of. It, it, it's partially the fault of the writing because it was done before and was done more successfully as a character having an arc to grow. This character literally has no arc of growth. She is perfect at everything she does throughout the entire film, apart from the moments where they need a joke. Like, you know, she gets onto Han's freighter and suddenly knows how to work the doors by going under some grates. Again, it, there's a lot of... Again, she, she's perfect because the, they wrote her that way. But, she, but, that, but for me, the bigger issue... Is, to me, it's just... She's very mechanically inclined. She's the way Anakin was. Anakin could, could pick but again, up a that also, and just... But again, that also made him uninteresting, too. And I, I guarantee, decade from now, people will level the same complaints against her that they did against Anakin Skywalker, being, oh yeah, he's a human being. He won. He's the first human to compete in pod racing and win the Boon to Eve thing. But he's also naturally mechanically inclined. But at least the excuse was he was born of the Force. Versus this new character, we don't know a lot yet. But that's because I attribute J.J. Abrams to being like the thing from John Carpenter's movie. He's he is essentially copying the original trilogy in one film, but it's an imperfect copy. And yeah. there's a lot of people who, for me, I go like, yeah, that that for me that makes it, if you can't do something on your own and be creative and do something that you need to do to do the film, he played it safe. And safety is not bad. Safety made them a billion dollars. But from the standpoint of film. You can you can have your cake and eat it too because it's a visual medium. If you can't use your visual medium to have expository dialogue, which the film has none, and is a massive complaint from a lot of people. Again, the biggest complaint about expository dialogue is what the hell is the resistance and what the hell is the first order? They don't tell you something as simple as three lines when they're like, oh, they're powering up the 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 Star Killer base and they're aiming it towards the Senate. 
what's the Senate? Who's the Senate? What? You and know, that's that's I, where but, the but problem that, but, was with, with this movie. But, but that again, that's for me is like th- there's a different. Yes, you, you, you can enjoy bad movies. We all have our guilty pleasures, and I mean, for the most part, there are a lot of people who, despite the prequels being not good films, they still enjoy them. And I've said it before. I don't. I don't level my criticisms of the prequels like everyone's like Metaclorians, boo, and I go. And Metaclorians are interesting. You just got to do something interesting with it. But they never did. Right. They were a throwaway line that was never. Well, re- it, was a, it was a need for it's for an explanation for yeah, something. You have to. You, and they you never had to do something with a level. It's if just, they it's came back later parsecs. on, it's the same thing as parsecs. Yeah. No one ever tells you what a parsec is, yeah. whether it's an actual unit of time or distance. distance. It's just they needed something, something for that line. It was the same thing here. How yes. do we show that he's more powerful than Yoda? There's a Metaclorian there count. Yeah, there has little, to be. If they would, if they had to use the Metaclorians instead of being a you know a parasitic you know. Symbiont and just used it as a unit of measure. Right, it could, everybody would been fine with it if they had just said he's more powerful right. than Yoda. Yeah, these readings say that he's more powerful than Yoda. Yeah, that's, whatever that's that means. Yeah, but, but that's that's but those, but those, are, those are my criticisms of the movies. That it's not a good movie. It doesn't mean you can't enjoy it. But and, see, and, here's but, and, and I will I will agree with Chris that, that that tends to be a lot of the a, a lot of like the backlash tends to be at least how I've perceived it is this movie really isn't good and. A lot of people, I think, are angry because they see people as giving it a free pass on the sole oh, yeah. basis that it's Star Wars. And I mean, we've, we've done they that. Did to, that to, they did that with Phantom Menace. Yeah, we've done that to an extract. You know, I've, I've exaggerated that here in places of yeah. you know, Rich's love of Guardians. I don't love that film right. nearly as much. I take it to a, a, a comedic level in the right. fact that, like, oh, it's a terrible film. I know why he loves it. Yes. I'm glad yeah. he loves it. Yeah. I'm glad he and loves I, it and he watches it and it's great. It's just not something to me. I'm not sitting there looking at it going. This is a terrible, terrible film. Right, and, and bloggers got a blog. I don't though. understand. They got to. They got to get their clickbait. There's not a lot. Of, I mean, there's, there's there's few films that I don't understand why people like them or right. defend them. Right, there's and one I, or two. Yeah, sucker punch. And I also I also go like <laughs> like a bloggers got a blog. They got to make their yeah. clickbait. And a lot of the criticisms that I've seen from really good film critics that uh, and not even not even famous ones, just you know, again, bloggers on the internet who can temper their dislike of the film with reasoned arguments and when i dislike something if you know the hyperbole switches turn off i at least want to be able to defend my position and that's the one thing that i've noticed like max landis went on the internet and he's basically like i thought the movie was really fun but he called ray a mary sue she is uh and i'm sorry and that you know but i mean people started calling him misogynist and he hates women and he's like no here here's my points and they made a youtube video. he's like let me explain to you why i think this and he's like, and his pull is like, no, it's not necessarily, it's not a bad thing that she is. There has, there has been a trend of taking female characters and not allowing them to, to be fallible. Right. And, point. and yes. I, this, was, this goes, this goes back to my father yes. yelling about sitcoms in the nineties going, yeah, oh, it's all the men are dad. stupid. It's, all, yeah. it's stupid. Yes. Dad, Look at dad, the Hunger dad. Games. All of it. it it's all of it's to say, it has been this point where if you, you get to the point where you're scared of someone saying you can't do that. Because you're she's a, a woman, mm-hmm. he's black, he's a Latino, she's Jewish. You can't say this. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't, and that's the that's sort of the problem with it. Chris Claremont used to get in trouble for this for the X Men, right. where all of his women characters were the complete opposite of the damsel in distress. They were all extremely powerful. They were well put together in terms of you know they had all their their s together, and they were leaders and they were fighters and they were everything were perfect was perfect and everyone's like. There's no drama in this right. in any in any case. Right. You, you always know Storm is perfect, Gene is perfect, Rogue is perfect. Everything is just perfectly level, and everything's great. And he was at the time 
that, that wasn't uh, prevalent in pop culture. He was one of the first. And once that became prevalent in pop culture, like, well, look what Lee Claremont was doing that since 1983, where all of his damaged characters were the males. Mm-hmm. It was Cyclops. It was Forge. It was Wolverine. All of the damaged characters, all the characters who couldn't live up to their own expectations were all male. The females were all perfectly fine. Right. Right. So. And, and that's the thing. It's like, and a lot of people, I think, when, because there, there is a need right now, or at least there's, there's a call from a lot of people for things like diversity and characters and stuff. But for me, as somebody who, who loves film and loves storytelling, I feel like there's a lot of people, especially with the race situation, especially for someone like Max Linus. Yeah, Max Linus is a total dick. But he's a dick who can put his money where his mouth is and pump out really good stories. But see, here's kind of the something shame. Like, uh, something like where you know uh, Superman. He's got his current book, like the Superman, uh, uh, American Alien, American Alien, which is really great. And and that's the thing is like, and I feel like there's a lot of people willing to forego good storytelling to satisfy a need for representation. And I don't, I don't fault the actress uh, Daisy Ridley, who was great in the movie. I don't even fault the character of Ray. Because we still have three movies to learn about the character, mm-hmm. and they can give explanations, you know, as many as they want for why she can do that, whether she was trained by Luke or some familial thing, or my my own explanation was, you know, hey, psychic links are two-way streets, and she learned a lot about the Force from Kylo, from Kylo Ren just by being psychically linked with well, him. They've already oh, established in the Star Wars universe that the more, the more, and the heir to the Jedi did this, the more you allow yourself to feel and allow the force to flow through you, the stronger your connection is. We saw in that novel, Luke became more powerful than he was in you know, Star Wars. And when you look at it, we don't know what happened with Rey in her early, her, her early childhood. You know, she, she could erase from her mind of certain yeah exactly exactly, exactly. That, that's, and that's, that's the best to do yeah. that. Have, there's I other things complain with that and, and I don't, knows all that shit so cool. yeah, yeah exactly and it, and if they come up with that explanation that's, that's, and that's totally the thing. fine it may also be this idea and this is what they talked about in Lost where they just put out a whole bunch of things and said we know we know we got time well right. J, again JJ yeah. Abrams, yeah, Abrams imperfect clone like, we're gonna is do literally we're gonna do what whatever we can do and we know other people are gonna come in this is comic books too yeah. People come in and find little tidbits and then rewrite those backstories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's going to be people that are working on 8 and 9 right now who are going, okay, we're going to write that Ray is this and Ray got brainwashed and all these sort of oh, things. Oh, wait, right. people and didn't even, like this. Even, Let's, we can even add even it's not even a different, didn't like this. It's something of taking a film uh, yeah. and writing different pieces of it that make it... Yeah, that somebody else filling can come up the later. Gaps, filling yeah. up the gaps. Even someone like Poe Dameron in the movie, who's basically, he, he's the, I, I have called him, he's the male equivalent of America. He's a Gary Stu. He's perfect, I mean... Those, the, he, he can he can target little tiny ant men from you know high up in the sky using his X wing. He's doing ninety degree bank turns. He's an impeccable pilot. And again, it's the he's he's like again unlike the original films where Luke gets hit a couple times and you get to watch people fall down left and right. He's he's a lot of the characters in the movie, especially the characters that you focus on until a lot of them are are too good. And I for me, I feel like you, you shouldn't sacrifice good tried and true storytelling mechanics and i mean it, a, a lot of people love 80s movies and characters like arnold schwarzenegger and sylvester Stallone play basically like you know invulnerable supermen but there is also you know i think the movie going audience sort of saw themselves rise above or they believed themselves above those kinds of characters and you started getting a lot of really compelling characters who were flawed human beings and television sort of pushed that a little bit further and then you come to Star especially in the context of Star Wars. When you look at the original trilogy in and of itself, they are not 
perfect human beings who are good at everything. They are very flawed characters. Look at the first film; they screw up all the time. They do, yes. and and if even if you the, look the, at it, the, the the breakout of Princess Leia is is, is, is a failure with 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 failure. She saves them. Yes, it's, and as you keep going, them. the good the, the the good guys do everything right, and the bad guys do everything wrong. It's it's eighties cartoon. Okay, yes. it's so GI Joe's perfect. Cobra can't do anything. Right. So I want to move on to from this, yeah, no, and so I, I'm going to take I, I'm going to take the last word on this because I have seen it four times, um, and. Yes, yes, I agree that Ray has a tendency to be perfect, but and it's, they, not, and it's wait, not just her. There's many characters. Yes, in the movie. but so, they've done so a good no, job. To, where... to not misunderstand me, that a lot of the characters in the movie are written that way because we got to get a movie out, and it's J.J. Abrams, and I don't believe he can do that. But she, that's his failing, right. not necessarily other storytellers. Okay, so with Ray though, she is fallible. She does, you know, she she does have tendencies to. Like, when she first picks up the blaster and everything, and she first fires it on the stormtroopers, she misses the first few times. Then she starts hitting people. When she's fighting Kylo Ren, she's all over the place. She gets lucky with him as she gets more in tune with the Force. She starts to... And she does get some lucky blows in there. Um... Finn gets some lucky blows. Right, in and for me, even that's utterly ridiculous. Cause but here's the thing. I'm, I mean, that's the thing. And it's also, as someone who's done martial arts, knowing staff fighting is not going to transfer over as a skill into sword fighting. And even for Finn, at least the, at least the takeaway for a character like Finn is like, okay, he's in the military. It's entirely possible they trained him with batons or he saber. Used a broom. He used Yeah, he did use a broom. He was in sanitation. But, but, but at least there's the, there, the idea of military training versus, again, somebody who's like, oh, she can just, because, because the MacGuffin requires, you know, the because the plot requires her to suddenly ha- be Jedi Knight level of power, she can... But the other side of this is Ren isn't that powerful either. He has He his, can stop laser bolts in midair and brainwash face. people. The, the, the thing is, he's... He's not... He, he he's got a, definitely a different power set, and he, he yes. proves to be very powerful. And he, he only becomes he infallible by the end of it. He did. But, he, but that's also the only time his character becomes fallible is when he's wounded fighting the entire way through the movie he's not actually see i I, I actually very poor at his job he i I disagree with you he is very fallible he is very he 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 is a uh, when i've said this before he's a petulant child his emotions his emotional emotional faults aren't necessarily a mark against his ability to do his job but if you look at it his emotions take over and his emotions cause him not to be fallible with his job because snoke says it a couple of times to him, and even uh, Hex says it, where you know, your emotions, you need to pull back. You, right. need, you need to separate yourself from this because you are way too emotional on this, and he is, he's screwing up, literally, because of this emotions. But here's the thing. But this dialogue, in the movie, he doesn't really screw up, though. He actually does his job. He just makes poor decisions. He, he, he makes, makes poor de- very poor he decisions. He makes poor decisions, but the how only... Does he, how does he not screw up his job? He, he, one, he tells them that they don't need to get the, the robot anymore because he has the girl who has... Yeah, the, and he pulled the plans out of her head. Which he actually didn't pull the plans out of her head because she, she was able to stop him. Regardless, the, again, his character does a lot, and he does it really well. Part, uh, his anger issues aside, he still pulled out first half of the map from Poe Dameron. He didn't even need the robot for that. And that shows he could, he's capable of doing it to somebody else. But he didn't pull out the map from Poe Dameron. Yeah. Poe Dam- no, Poe Dameron never saw the map. He, never, he only got the information that BB-8 had the map. That was the only No, no okay, that's very, very true. Um, so here's the thing. There, with this movie, I hate to say it, but you do have to go back and, and wa- read the book and everything. Because there's so much with their inner monologues 
that is that helps to to define their characters. Right, but help. that's not in the movie. It doesn't count. That, that, I, that again, see, that's, wait, uh, that's, us, that's to, nerdiness us, not moviegoer. But see, with Star Wars now, you have, to, you have to dispel that if it's not in the movie, it doesn't count. But, from now but, on, from now on but, you have to include everything with Star Wars because they have said, unless yes, it's know, something but, that directly but, contradicts the movie, it's canon. Right, but again, that's that's... You know, one million people versus what six, seven hundred million across the globe who won't do that. It doesn't matter. Though. I know. I know. If you want the, if you want the, the whole ex- story, if you want always, the whole immersion, but that's then you always have been the excuse it. with Star Wars. But with any property, it's been the same way, and you can't expect people to do that. I'd okay, so lot, moving I'd on, a lot of people are going to just not worry about all the holes that all they don't of us care. Are trying Most to mainstream because, people won't yeah, care. Most it, people, that's, no, that's true. That's Most people won't care. Those six hundred million you're talking that won't read the book Books. are the ones that are going to be like, "Well, it was a fun movie to watch. Movie, I right? enjoyed Those it." Those are the six yeah. million people. There, the six hundred million people that are going. I love this movie. It was great. It was exactly what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. So, moving on, um, and, and and I'm going to, I'm going to kind of tie it in real quick because I wanted to see who had the better comment this year. Was it either Donald Trump or George Lucas? Donald Trump saying we should not allow Muslims into the country, or George Lucas calling Disney white slavers. So which one? I haven't I haven't read that article. I haven't had a chance to read that. You've article. got to you got to go back I and watch it. I watched the video, and with George Lucas, so I was talking to a friend about it. I get the feeling that there was a joke in there that didn't come up, that didn't that didn't come sure. out correctly, <laughs> yeah. and he kind of stopped himself. And it's kind of a it's like out of context, although it's in context. Like in context in his head, it worked. And right, and then there. outside of it, it's but like, you oh, you don't at, know how I feel Here's inside. the thing. If I you look at his reaction... Hold on, hold on. Throw all of this away. I don't care about any of this. What I care about is I am now fascinated, absolutely fascinated, to know what George Lucas's idea of what these three films... I said that to know. these guys the other night. That's what I want to know. That's I said, the I just want. I want. I just want to know. I want Disney to let him say, what were you going to do? Because I don't think he has... Any original characters in any original trilogy characters in it at all? Right. I think he thought the same thing I did when it was first. No, announced. that's not true because he asked. Mar- he wanted Hamill to come back and already had a conversation with him before the buyout or the the purchase. Maybe he had the conversation. I don't think that's the film. I don't think those are the films he. I think he had Luke come back because and I think die he was going Obi-Wan. to do the same thing that he did with episodes one, two, and three, in which he made three completely separate different films. Yes, and that's the thing. The, the the tones that I'm getting from just reading the article starts or whatever is he basically said, why did they just make the same film? Yeah. Which, again, has been my point for the last three years about the prequels of people screaming about the prequels uh-huh. to, to not from a film basis, but like, why didn't they just make the same three films? Right. And now that they why. did. Because when Lucas looked at it, he's like, why would I make the same three films? Right. Why would why, I make them, I make them again? Story. I want to do something different. Yeah. I want to do something that's okay. much more... A centralized on Coruscant, a political film, an emotional film, a film with Jedi who are at the top of their game. Someone at, uh, that uh, one of the customers at work had said he, he did not like Episode Seven at all. Yeah. He hated it. He was like, "I don't get the sword fights. I don't get the sword fights at all. Why are they not good at what they do?" And I said, "Because none of them are, are, are swordsmen. None of them." Been Even trained. Kylo Ren is like, "Man, did you see the prequels? Those sword fights are so good because they are all at their peak of their game. They're, and yes, they're true Jedi. Yeah, where people are just like, there's nothing in the prequels that's worthwhile." Mm-hmm. Watch the duel and tell me there's nothing worthwhile. Right. There are scenes in it that are that are good. There's choreography that's good, whatever. So I'm fascinated to it's hopefully someday find out. I told Mikey what and his idea would be for those three films. I, don't, I, I told Mikey think and Ethan that, last that night. There wouldn't, there wouldn't be anything recognized. He would put it far enough into the future that there would be barely anybody in it. Yeah, my idea was that my my thoughts is that it would be like 60s. 
It'd be more like Legacy. In well, the no, comic it's book series where it was. It was I have a feeling out. it would be. I have a feeling it'd been right around because this was the time when back after Jedi, he had told Hamill that's that thirty this something years when, ago. That's when he said he wanted to do the, right. this one. That, seven, eight, nine. Go, I have a feeling. Go, wait, hold on. Go back to what he originally thought he wanted to do with one, two, and three, and what ended up on the screen. Yes, it's but, this thirty-five years ago doesn't count. I, I think that Luke would have been the only one in it, and he would only been in it a brief time, and he would have. I think the only time Luke would be in it is as a Force ghost, and that's and what it I mean. Dealt, it would have dealt with their grandchildren. It would have dealt with the Empire uh-huh. being a different political body, which the EU got to after ten years. Yes. This idea that the Empire is a legitimate government that exists. In a non-tyrannical way, but in a much more, we're kind of tyrannical, but people still enjoy living under us because there's no crime and everyone has a job and everything's okay. The galaxy okay. split, yeah. yeah, and all that type of stuff. I would love. That, that's all my point. I would love to see what his his outline for those three films would have. I been. told Mikey and Ethan last night. I, said, I would love to see Lucas take those scripts and make them into like a fan film. I told you that. No, I said it. Bullshit. <laughs> I said it. Said it. I remember. I'm, I'm going to go with Mikey. The, Here's the thing. The, the, of course you would. Here, here, Here's my favorite part. He's going to say, well, this is what my episode seven was going to be. And immediately on the internet, is going to be eight billion nerds going, that sounds better. Yeah. That sounds like oh, a yeah. better film. Lucas shit in there. But well, that was I, one of the things that people said. I'm going to paraphrase a buddy of mine who I think for like, the moment you mentioned, like there's a lot of people who do, who discount the prequels, not based on whether or not it's a good movie, but just by sheer basis of it's not the same. And a friend of mine, I'm going to paraphrase what he said. He said, I would rather take failed innovation than than a bottom of the barrel copy. Uh, those were his, those were his thoughts on Episode Seven after seeing them, and I agree with that to an extent because the prequels. I, I think that's a perfect descriptor of the prequels. They are failed innovation. He pioneered a lot of new technologies making episodes one, two, and three. Well, there's a, and there's I think, a single film that's made today that does not use something. That right, and I, and I think that... Look how many films are made by Lucasfilm. But just some, the idea with of some what, entity of right, it. Right, and, and, like, and I feel like story was put on, was put into second over the innovations he was pioneering making those films. And Watch I, the, and, did you, have you ever seen the behind the scenes for Attack of the Clones? Yeah. It's totally there. Yeah. If you read between the lines, it's, there's a lot of that because he's just like, well, we want to make the Yoda fight look good. We don't care kind of the story of it. Right, we just want why, to... Why is he there? Why would he actually be... Right, and you, we just need why to show people Yoda, Yoda fighting. So that, yeah, yeah, that's the sort of thing. Yeah. And, okay, so... And even the technology of, of you know, doing composite shots, uh, Count Dooku, it's uh, because uh, I think Christopher Lee had arthritis, you know, and he was... He couldn't move a lot. Yeah. But they put his face over yeah. a younger actor's body, which, again, Tron Legacy, but even, even, even Ant-Man. Even Lee actually well, did a lot more business than, than he thought he would. Oh, yeah, because Christopher Lee is the greatest human right. being that's ever existed. But, I mean, that's, that's Jurassic Park. When yeah. the Ariana... Uh, yeah, when she falls through, and there's an early the version camera, And they're that. like, well, we don't want to lose that shot. And they just pasted her face on it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's move on. Uh, we've been going over Star Wars for the last... Terrible segue. Yes, it is. So the top five movies of 2015. I'm going to read off the ones with the, the top grossing right now. And then... Star I'm, Wars is one through five. I want to get everybody's... Uh, their own top fives. Star Wars is number one. Uh, it's done seven, domestically. It's done seven hundred forty million two hundred sixty-five thousand five hundred eighty-three dollars. It sold three dollars. <laughs> it sold eighty-eight, uh, yeah, eighty-eight million uh, tickets. And that's worldwide. Still, that still pales in comparison to Gone with the Wind. Yes. Yeah. Which is again with that's inflation. probably there's probably 88 million tickets sold for Gone with the Wind in the United States alone because mm-hmm. it was in theaters for five yep. years. 
And we got you know, so Star Wars has been in theaters since uh, the 18th. So, so is it, then I got I got to cut my numbers. Now, only 88 million people saw that movie, and only a hundred thousand of them will actually read any of the expanded universe <laughs> materials. Um, Jurassic World was number two. It had six hundred fifty-two million one hundred ninety-eight thousand and ten dollars. It's amazing that that film will make six hundred and fifty million dollars, and when they take the total gross of Star Wars domestically, it's going to be far in second place with six hundred and fifty-two million dollars. Yep. <laughs> that's insane. That's crazy, isn't it? Number three was the Avengers: Age of Ultron. It did four hundred and fifty-nine million. I'm just gonna I'm rounding up. Yeah. <laughs> It's Number. like it's like Apple Bob every Iger's year. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it's like Apple every year. It's like oh, Apple's doomed. They can't do it again with yeah. another iPhone. Can't do it again, and then they do it again. The iPhone every- Seven has been sold out for six months. Yeah, exactly. Number four on the list: Inside Out, Pixar's movie. Interesting. Three hundred and fifty-six million dollars. There's a you know so when you look at it, Star Wars to number four. You're almost four hundred million dollars. Yeah. There's also three Disney movies on there too. That was my next thing. Uh, number five, Furious Seven, was three hundred fifty-one million. I do love the <laughs> the, the the meme that's going around now. As far as like people complaining that Episode Seven is a clone of Episode Four, and yet they've gone gone to seven <laughs> Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> I saw that. I love that. So, um, so what are we gonna do in this one? Well, you see the cars; they're gonna, they're gonna go race. fast, and then they're gonna go fast. And then we're gonna, and then gonna have to break into something. <laughs> And, and then, then we're going to have to steal something. The Rock's going to wear a tank top the whole time. we got to Tokyo Drift our way. Star Trek 3. Yeah. The sad thing is Tokyo Drift's probably the, the most different of all of those films. Right. Oh, it is, yeah. Because it's like a quasi-prequel. And... Yeah. Well, it's like it was one no, it's that a, it's was a in between. It's a sequel because Vin Diesel shows up at the end of it because he's on the run still from the... the it was in so between then, the fact that like, they didn't want to make another group. one after two, but then... After that, they wanted to reboot the franchise, and so it was just like that in between. And then they went, "Well, wait, we got to bring back everybody." Like some random people. After after five, my friend Doug made the joke: "Is Fast and Furious Eight going to be Cars in Space?" And after seven opened, he's like, "Well, they only got one more." Yeah, I guess that's where they're going. Cars Cars on Mars. Mars. So number fourteen on the list was Ant Man. So Disney put in, yeah, Disney put in a two billion dollar profit this year from films. Well, they paid eight billion dollars for the two properties right. that made them the most. But so, but obviously, it doesn't exist. This is the in a first vacuum. time. This is the first time Disney, and that's not even counting um, what was the other. There was Tomorrowland. There was Good Dinosaur, and all these others that they had mm-hmm. out this year too. So, just with the, just with pretty much with Star Wars and the other two in the top. Well, it's going to make up for the money that Tomorrowland lost. <laughs> Which Tomorrowland didn't actually. I mean. It, it it it's it made think, its money worldwide. It lost it domestically. I think also when you put in the marketing and everything and all that distribution, yeah, they'll be lucky to break even. But which is sad because that's a, that's a good John movie. Carter. Yeah. So but. okay, so let's go. Around. But John Carter, any, any other studio, any other too. studio, know, yeah, John Carter would have bankrupted any other studio. Yeah, that's that's yeah. the amazing part is that they survived John Carter. Yes. Okay, Shauna, give me your top five of movies. All right, um, I only have a top three because I haven't get been close. keeping and be keeping up. So. All right. Oh, okay. Yeah, get close to the mic. Sorry. Don't have to apologize. It's okay. You can bunch Chris. There you go. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Three. So I have a top three because I haven't like I'm not up to date on anything. Um. So for me, it would be Star Wars, Inside Out, and Ant Man. Hmm. 
Yeah, I really liked Inside Out. Then, now, this is all movies in 2015, so it doesn't matter if you went to the theater or you saw it, uh, you know, on Blu-ray or you know, digital or whatever. As long as they were released in 2015, right? Yeah. 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 What, did, yeah. what did you pirate from China that you? <laughs> no, I didn't pirate anything. Um, no, like. No, when I say I'm behind on my movies, I'm really behind on my movies. <laughs> well, you know, like, I don't well, feel bad. Well, that's because you spend most of your time at Disneyland. Yeah. And... You get to live the movies at Disneyland, exactly. Rich. I do. That's yes. why it's awesome. No, you live the well, now I don't feel bad that I only saw four movies because I'm not the one that saw the least. I right. no. <laughs> See, I have, I have taken your play season. <laughs> don't worry. I appreciate that. Thank you. So, <laughs> I, I, I want, what we'll do is we'll get a consensus, so, and then we'll see where each movie ranks with all of us. What, what about... what? were two movies that you wanted to see that w- you could think would be in your top five. Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Elvin and Chipmunks. Uh, um, and what? Road, Road trip. trip. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really wanted to see Age of Ultron. I never got around to see. I never got around to seeing that. Um, I wanted to see Tomorrowland. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, just never, just never, just never happened. Um, and out of sheer curiosity, because I don't remember ever seeing a Fast and the Furious movie, I kind of wanted to go see Fast 7. Yeah, once you see that, you It's okay, Star Trek 3 is coming out. It'll basically be like seeing be Fast like, Furious. So, so cars, cars on Mars. Cars on Mars. <laughs> cars on Mars. Boldly Star Trek 3. Okay, Chris, what's yours? Uh, five to one. I, I actually have six, because I struggled with number four. Um, we'll just give one to Shauna. Yeah, okay. Uh, five, I put Mad oh, Max you. Fury Road as just a straight... Forward, crazy chase movie. Oh, I wanted to see that movie so bad. I never got it. Was also really good. I wanted Um, to. My four A was Spectre. Four B was the Good Dinosaur. The Good Dinosaur was the last film I saw in 2015. Uh, No, it wasn't because I saw I saw Star Star Wars right after. Um, I had trouble picking between those two because I just couldn't really decide. I mean, Spectre was not as great as um, Skyfall, but I knew it wasn't going to be. It's still really solid film for me. Good Dinosaur was surprisingly good. It didn't feel like a Pixar film to me. Really? I just watched that last night, or two nights ago. And to me, it felt, of all of the, of the Pixar movies I've seen, that felt the weakest. I, I enjoyed the movie. I, thought it, I, I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was... I a, liked the fact Weaker than Cars 2? Yes. Because <laughs> to me, there was a lot of rehash... You want to talk about Star Wars rehashing. To me, there was a lot of rehashing and pulling from other Disney films. Fair that's, enough. That's kids' films. That's the, 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 the whole, hold on, hold on, hold on. My movie. That movie, to me, any kid's film is going to have the same, a lot of the same basic tropes. What I liked about this film was how simple it was. It was Versus very simple. Pixar is, is a very complicated, you know, they have great writers. It's usually a complex, complicated film mm-hmm. that's told simply. This is a simple story told exceedingly simply. It is, it, 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 most of my reason that I loved it, it's gorgeous. It's very, it's that, easily, I'll it's give easily you that. probably one of the, the I would say the background's the prettiest are, movie that yeah, I've seen. I looked at it and I said, is this, is this film plate? I mean, yeah. did they go out and shoot this? No, like, no, I, I will give you that. The action has done very well to me. Um, it has old school villains in the pterosaurs. Yes. And the fact that you actually have villains who are villains. Which the pterosaurs reminded me of the hyenas from Lion King. Yeah, they're, they're villains yeah. who are villains. They're not given any other sort of story of like, oh, it's sad for them or whatever. I love the design work for it. Uh-huh. I mean, the design work on the stuff that, that you said the Tyrannosaurus look fantastic. Butch is amazing. See, the love Tyrannosaurus, the, the, for me, you know, as much as I, I, I like seeing them there, they, I, I, they, they were fun. They didn't really serve a purpose in the film. Again, it, other film, than just it's to. All, it's all yeah. pieces that will fit in to, to further his journey. Again, it's very simple. Yeah. It's just, you they're say all it's similar to like the way that Wally was done. 
because no. that was also very, very mm, simple. No, Wally too. has a very complex. Wally's very complex. Yeah, there's there's pieces in it, and there's a bigger message and all that. This mm. is basically just I want to go home. How mm. do I get home? How yes. do I find the courage to go home? All that film is the good dinosaur courage to go home. It's it's a it's a journey home. It's it's if you replace him with a mm. dog, it's and land a cat. of the lost almost. Yeah, it's that it's same that. story. Okay, I I ended up exceedingly enjoying that film. It was very heartfelt. The end of it is really, really tough. Really tough for me. The 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 end pushing him away. Oh yes, just, yes, just yes. Tough. That was and getting I, back home. All this, I mean, and some of it is my emotions that are wrapped up in it. See, that was a nice twist to it too. I didn't think it was a twist. I mean, this is, again, everything. I'm not saying anything in this film is anything that I saw. You know, that was coming right down the middle. It's an 88 yeah. mile an hour fastball down the middle, and I got a bat the size of Jupiter that I can knock into. Yeah, I mean, the there, there's a sequence but that's almost straight out of The Lion King. I don't, I don't fault the movie for it. it. It's, I'm one of those people that says it can be a film that's been done before. It can be a genre that's done before. If you do it exceedingly well. I love it. So it's almost the same thing with Star Wars. You didn't have a problem with the Star Wars movie because in, in, even though it was a, a retelling or reimagining almost. Of There's the, enough of it that was different. My problem with Star Wars is that they ran away from their story. Yes. Because the story's all about Luke and then it becomes about the Starkiller base. And it's like, Which oh, it yeah, makes sense when you read the book. And I know, I know, is I know. It, I'm I not going to get off on this. Thing. I know, I know. Uh, okay, so your other so two. I've got three more because that's 4A and 4B. Okay. Three was Sicario. Which was probably the best pure film that I saw this year. I only saw 16 films. Mm-hmm. So in terms of a film that's done really well. I forgot. I left that off my list. This is a good one. That movie's that's amazing. Great. It's acted incredibly well. Yeah, yeah. That's the one with, Mel- em- with Emily, Emily Blunt, 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 not the right. one with... Uh... It's one with Emily Blunt, yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, it is complex without being overly complex. I never felt like I couldn't follow it, um, which some films will get to. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. Um the action is fantastic. It's shot incredibly well. Um, even the the sort of throwaway characters that are in it that you just see for a minute mm-hmm. and they disappear and that sort of thing, all really well. The archetype characters are really good. The villain that isn't a villain but is a villain is really good. She is absolutely stunning, absolutely amazing. If you're telling me, I don't know about Captain Marvel, screw you. If she's not Captain Marvel, that movie's going to suck because she, <laughs> she owns everything. We walked out of that film... She and looks like Captain Marvel. She looks yeah. like she'll we fit went, Carol really We saw well. that movie when we were in Vegas. And the first thing I can think of is because we saw Terminator Genesis like two months before or a month yes. before. And we both said uh, Emily <laughs> Clark or whatever, Amelia Clark, whoever the hell, the, you know, D- yeah. Daenerys, Daenerys is. Yes. Yeah. Worthless action heroine. Never believed her for half a second that she would survive even a half a second right. fighting a cyborg. Emily Blunt would take the Terminator, break him in two, throw him in the trash, and then cry about it, and you'd believe the whole sequence. Well, I, I thought a lot of people had a problem with her in Edge of Tomorrow. You know, and they she's didn't fantastic in Edge of Tomorrow. I liked her, and I thought she did a good job. Again, she Edge, held Edge her of own. Tomorrow, she's a archetype in it. She is the, the perfect yes. soldier, still a pillar. Everything in the Edge of Tomorrow is all based off of Tom Cruise's character well, changing. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's why you didn't <laughs> see that movie. Um, so that was my number three. Okay. So the first two, uh, so my number two is Jurassic World. Not a great film. I totally agree with that. But one of the films I had a ton of fun with, I thought it knew what it was and not good. Uh-huh. Like, look, we're not. It didn't gonna, try to be more than what it was. It didn't try to be more than it was. Like, we know you want to see dinosaurs fight each other. You want to see dinosaurs kill humans. You want to see Chris Pratt be kind of funny. Uh-huh. And you want to see a chick run around in heels for no reason. It's not well put together. The dialogue can be atrocious at times. Uh-huh. But I thought it had the right amount of nods. To Jurassic Park, there are pieces in it. There are subtle pieces. 
the shot when the military helicopter's headed towards the the island, the same exact shot from Jurassic Park. Right. A different helicopter, obviously. I enjoyed I enjoyed the hell out of that film for what it was. It's not a good film, but it's a good fun film. My first was Star Wars, the same reason. Star Wars was and it's especially Star Wars. the second time. Well, it was it is a, the ancillary stuff around it brings that film to the first. We've been waiting so long for this mm-hmm. film. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I had a lot of fun. It felt great. The tone to me, the character, the action, enough of it was Star Wars enough that I placed that as number one. It felt like you were going home. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. I felt like I just saw a good Star Wars movie. Okay. That was coming home. I'm one of those people. Like, part of the reason I love the EU is because it was different. Right. So one of my favorite stories in the EU are the non-Jedi stuff. Like, I'm, I'm tired. I get, I get Jedi. That's why, I, I think that's why Rogue films. Squadron, a Rogue One is going to be such uh, a good movie. That's why I hope so. Okay, Mikey. All right. Uh, my number five is Maggie with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Abigail Breslin. Uh, sleeper. Little, just little really slow, I forgot about that movie. Emotional. Uh, sort of the rest of North America. Zombie movie and. That both of those two play well. It's a role you don't see Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he didn't get paid for that movie. He actually wanted that part, and he did it for free. So. Yeah, you can't give the man the respect for that. No, I have a jet. From them and the <laughs> I two. tank. I went to them and they're like, "You, how much Arnold? What do you want to play a robot?" They said, "Give me a jet," and they did it. Uh, number four is Dope. Uh, it, good. Uh, it's a has good comedy. The actors do their parts well. Um, it was when I saw that trailer the first time. I was like, I want to see this movie, but I don't know yeah. if I want to see if, if I want it enough to see it in the theater. And the well, more I kept hearing about it, more and stuff, I was like, got a bunch of idiots in uh, my theater when I saw it. So yeah, you went to a movie called Dope, and you thought that there wouldn't be a bunch <laughs> no, of stupid white kids. Yeah. Um, number, number three. Yeah, number three is um, Mad Max Fury Road. That uh, just the sound, the beginning of that movie in the theater was awesome. And yeah. yeah, it's a sort of a boring plot, but it's just that's another it, movie that pretty, didn't try to be more than what it was. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a stunningly good. visual chase film. Yeah. yeah, and that's it. That's exactly. I mean, if you talk about like when Chris has talked about a chase movie before, we've talked about this on the show, like for Boba Fett or something like that. All he's, you know, not a lot of dialogue. No. The action needs to be where the action needs to be, and it needs to be a chase film. That when I sat there and I watched this movie, I went. Fuck, this is exactly what he's talking about. Yeah, it's basically, they give you the bare... You're not... When you leave that film and go, but why are the females, and what are the... And why do... No. They give you just enough, because you buy that world, the yeah. way that he builds it, and that's that's it. Yeah. I, love, I love Nick Holt. It's also yeah, a movie that's actor, very so. much entrenched in the mythology of the other Mad Max movies. Yes. yes. It's, a, it's a movie that I enjoyed quite a bit, but it's also... I think seeing other people's reaction to it was very alien to me. Yeah. I think people made more of that film than, than, it should have than I been. think it should have been, especially for me because I was like, it's like, oh yeah, Mad Max Hero is good. I've, I've seen the three other Mad Max movies. It's just the same movie. But it also came out in it a good. Help for I, me that I don't, I don't think I've seen the other three. I think I may especially because everyone's like, oh, Furiosa, this. It's like I guess it's like I guess you're all you never saw Thunderdome. Well, Thunderdome was a little Tina different. Turner. Who is a badass female I'm character in that movie? Thunderdome wasn't as much as a chase film as no, the rest of them. No, was. no, but for me, everyone's like, "Fierro's an awesome female character." And he's like, "But That's Tina true. Turner." Tina Turner was, was, well, they, was, was most of the people that were calling out, they're calling that out weren't alive when Thunderdome was released. No, that's very true. <laughs> so. so that's for me. It was one of the things. Like, it's like, 
But Mad Max, I just saw that movie like two weeks ago. What's oh yeah, nobody but it else. Also, it also, I'm the only person who keeps watching Mad Max, you know, yeah. every so often. But it, it came out at a good time during the summer. Too. I think so. Yeah. I think so. I think actually, for me, it's it was a fantastically fun movie. Yeah. Oh really yeah. Really well shot and George. I'm you know it's one of those seeing that movie sort of reminded me why I got so sad when George Miller lost directing Justice League from like 2008, uh-huh. 2009. So like. Could you imagine what he had done with motorcycles going up crisscrossing over you? <laughs> and that's the other thing about the movie is, a, is so much of it was the actual actual visual effects. Yeah, right. Only like right. Act, real real visual shots. effects. Yeah. Yeah. There's only effects. one or two CG explosions in that entire yeah. movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I the, the background the plates. One or two was yeah, but, yeah, the, yeah. The, the sandstorm was obviously. Obviously, there's a lot of color changes, but yeah, there was like four the explosions they did because like of like, that. look, yeah. that's. This is too dangerous. We yeah. can't do this. And that's but the people going back and forth on the motorcycles. Those are really yeah. that's really happening. When they did the the Charlize Theron's interviews about doing that film, this is the most dangerous film I've ever done. Oh yeah, because they're they're in a country that did, that was like not very safe. Yes. In addition to where are we going? We're going out in the middle of nowhere. Nobody knows where we are. We're gonna blow up to the sand. We're gonna have people jumping over you with a with a with motorcycle. Motorcycle. And... All right, rehearsing. No, go action. What yeah. the hell's going on? They got a guy on on bungee cords yeah. with a flaming guitar. Yep. Yeah. Number one. Number one. No, number two. Number two. Number two, number two is uh, Ex Machina. So it has two Star Wars uh, actors, Domino Gleason and uh, Oscar Isaacs. And I still that was that was a good movie too. I still that's a slow. That movie. It's a quiet movie. It's good tech sound to it, and Alicia Vikander is gorgeous. That's what. That's one of those movies that. Every time I forget about it, and then as soon as I see like a trailer or I see something out, I go, "I've got to watch that movie," and then I forget about it because there's so much other stuff I'm doing. It's a good ending. Yeah, you got, you got to go out and see Independence. Oh yeah, I mean the mm-hmm. blockbusters are out there; they're gonna be out there. And then uh, number one is Sicario, so with pretty much all the same reasons that Chris put. Did. So you took Star Wars off your list. Yeah. Completely. I knew he was going to have the most eccentric. <laughs> well, I, after the second viewing, mm-hmm. I didn't like it as much. Well, you had said that you had so, dropped it because that's what you said the other night was you dropped it down to at least three. Yeah, and I was going to. Well, I was going to drop it uh, from three down, and then I'm just like, eh. It, I, I think I'm just putting it on there because it's Star Wars, and yeah. it feels like the pressure is like, oh, you got to put it on your top five. Well, even listening to everybody else's list, I'm going my list, and I'm like. Crap, there's so many other movies that I saw that were so good that I forgot about. I went about. through the list oh, the, of going... It's Adam Savage's rule of list is that for every five, well, you got five more. And then when you got ten, yeah. well, I really have a top 20. And then once you get to 20, it's like, well, I, I think I could make well, when it. When I put yeah. my list together, I, I forgot mm-hmm. I'd seen Mission Impossible on there, and then I forgot on the list. I was at five movies. I only saw 15 movies this year. My top five is a third of what I saw. And for me, I was just like, that's that's not enough. Oh, half the movies that, that Mike put on his list, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I wanted to see that. I mean, I, I have, to see that too. I have honorable mentions of like she's funny that way, or it follows. So, Krampus is like in the Krampus Gremlins. It was Krampus. a fun. I do want. Yeah, everyone has fun who's seen Krampus movie. has had a lot of fun watching it. Yeah, that's good. Okay, Ethan, you're two top or one. three. <laughs> one, <laughs> a top one. No, uh, so I do have top four. Woo! But I do have. That's a big year for you. Hey, but he's guaranteed is. to go at least to, at least to two or three movies this year. I know because I purposely gave him a, a Christmas present the, that would force him to go to movies. The amazing <laughs> thing is, he spent, let's say, forty bucks to go to the movies this year. 
That's less than half of what you spent on Guardians yesterday. <laughs> that's less than what I spent on Star that's, Wars that's already. That's less than a quarter of that's what he's spent. No, remember we figured it out. We think he spent between ninety and ninety-five dollars on Guardians, uh-huh. just for himself. Yeah, well, and one hundred and forty, I think, one hundred and thirty with the, with the with DVDs the on the Blu-ray. No, no, no that's not counting. Just in theaters. That's, theater that's just in theaters with his tickets because you saw it in IMAX twice. Once, but you saw something. Didn't you see it three D or something like that? I saw it IMAX three D once. Yeah, was it, that was like a thirty-dollar ticket, though, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> God damn! Yeah, I know, right? Well, and not 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 you, but just IMAX 3D being a thirty dollar ticket is one of those things where I go like, I keep forgetting that people pay that much to go see movies not shot in IMAX in IMAX and not shot in 3D in 3D, and then everyone's like, the movie industry is so healthy, like it ain't healthy. People are paying thirty dollars a movie ticket, and there's only like a hundred of them in that theater. I'm telling you what, that was Star Wars. You would have not known it wasn't shot in 3D. Sebastian would know. No, yeah. I'm telling you. So you would I'm not. The, no, no. I'm the kind of person. I'm telling, I'm telling you. Sebastian would know. I, I'm also the kind of person that I, I would go out and buy a pair of the non the, the anti-3D glasses to bring to the theaters if I was forced to go see it. <laughs> you can go buy them. They're great. They, they look like you can get clip-ons or they go right over the glasses. Turns that, the 3D movies no, into regular what movies. That is, hold on. I want those. They're amazing. That is, that is already... The Sebastian statement of yes. 2016 in Nerdable. But here's the question. Why, Why would, you would you pay to... so much to go see it in 3D? I would never. He said if he just was forced. No, if I, if I had to go. I would not only, not to only go. you're paying to go see 3D, you're also paying to get these non-3D glasses. Exactly. Well, That's like, why, they're, they're, the forced part of it is the best. <laughs> That's why I remember. I, not only would I not... If I was forced to go see it, <laughs> I would buy non-3D glasses that makes it 2D to go see the film if I was forced to... That is the most Sebastian statement we're going to hear in 2016. Shauna, what were you going to say? I was just going to say that, like, um, in my honest, in my humble opinion, I don't, I really don't think that the 3D did any did much for the, for the movie. You saw it 3D and 2D in the same day, didn't you? Yeah, I okay. saw it first in 2D. Really, because... I mean, it may have been because it was the IMAX, but they they add. It looked like like when you're on the Falcon, you can see parts of the Falcon around the edge of the the frame as they're they're talking and stuff. And they did the same thing with like some of the uh, some of the, like the the holographic you know projections that you see. Um, you yeah, had that. That's worth another twenty dollars. But it was still it was it was fascinating to see that stuff. Yeah, and not to mention to see. It I would. I would. I'd rather. I'd, I'd rather go see it in IMAX in two D. Yeah, that's what I want. Well, I, I not, yeah. but that's also like again as a movie guy. That well, the pet, like the pet peeve for me is like IMAX. they shot like one scene in seventy millimeter, which is the Falcon shape, and that was great. And, it was amazing. And that's that's it. And and for me, I like I think we in our Twitter conversations, like I understand why Quentin Tarantino's pissed at the Cinerama Dome dumping his movie for the uh, to throw in Star Wars for another two weeks, and it's like it's like yeah, you actually shot your movie on seventy millimeter and will look amazing. And Star Wars is have you ever, just have another you ever movie. Seen a, a, like on a true, true IMAX, where like a three foot. Yeah, there's that. Uh, the, in the that's what that's what the that's what it is. In I the, don't think the one in, in CityWalk. CityWalk. City CityWalk City has City one real IMAX theater. Yes, it is. Okay, then that must have been worse. I saw the second eight Matrix mm-hmm. movie in in IMAX because Joe yeah. wanted to go. No, I was there too. It, it, it's, too. it's a three or four and story it's screen. Terrible, terrible film. Except that freeway chase is amazing in IMAX. Right, because it, it engulfs your yeah, screen, and then, you're like, oh, but that's a, that's just you're, you're sitting there, and you know, like. But it's also for me. I like to watch movies. I like to do my best to watch films as the filmmakers sort of intended you to watch the movies so when when Quentin Tarantino's putting out a 70 millimeter film it's like 
well, the only way to actually go see it is in something like the Cinerama Dome. Yeah. Versus something like Star Wars, like it wasn't shot that way. Dark Knight is another one where. But still, you can see all of the the, the little things that you yeah, know. Yeah, but that's but that's that's resolution the over the way the film was actually shot. But, uh, uh, the, the other scale movie that bothers of things me is, is also incredible. Dark too. Knight is another movie that bothers me because I think it's the bank scene is shot in. IMAX in the Dark Knight. I think yeah, that's no, that was the trailer, but it's the scene it? where he's on top of the building in and China, that that, and that's like literally a fifteen-second scene. And when you watch it on when you watch it on Blu-ray, you the aspect ratio of the film it, changes yes. to yeah. fit that, and it's a, it, it for me it's like why you shot this for the sake of having something to throw in a thirty-dollar theater, especially for someone who refused shoot. to do Dark Knight Returns in three D. Right. Despite Warner Brothers. Right, exactly. So apparently Ethan's top four is us talking about the yes, movies. Sorry, please, okay, go, Ethan, please go. Yes, please. It's okay. I'm, I'm used to being overlooked for stuff <laughs> nowadays. So, All right. So I actually do. I have top four with a fifth one that was put in that I wanted to see but never got around to the theater to see it. So, so the Phantom Five. Yes. Is. <laughs> so that, to start that off, number five would be Sicario. That one, I was just uh, exactly what you guys were saying. It was just the reason why I was so interested in going to see it, but I just never made it out to the theater to see it. Got to find a discount theater that still possibly is holding it. Well, I'm probably probably going to just wait until the theater's throwing Sicario in. I well, think I, mean, I saw like, it in December somewhere, but... And it's like the Edge of Tomorrow. Like awesome that's, a, that's one of those ones that, like, when it comes out on Blu-ray, I'll pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. Just, like, knowing because of who I've talked to and said so much, like, rave reviews about, and that I'm just like, well, it'd be worth it. Pay 20 bucks and just pick it up. I know I'm going to like it. Uh, so number four is The Man from Uncle, which I thought was an incredibly fun movie. Um, Very fun. I'd, I'd, I'd like to say that... Four films you went to. One of them was Man from Uncle. Yeah. I know. Right. Isn't that weird? And I was, weird? This is the thing. Like I want, When I was looking over my top five, my top... Um, well, my top four, <laughs> to say. But all the movies that I've seen in theaters were just all really fun movies to watch. And I think that was that was the reason why I actually went out to the movie theaters to watch these movies. So the four movies you saw, I saw half of them with you. There's only four. That's not that hard. I think you've seen all of them with me. Did I? Yeah. That's number three. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so number three is Ant-Man, which, uh, again, another fun heist movie that I I really enjoyed. Uh, Number two is Avengers, Age of Ultron. And... Top one is Star Wars, for the same reason again. Like I said, I think what was last week on the podcast is episode seven was the first time, um, you know, being a film student, you're always over analyzing movies and like figuring out, oh, how'd they do this shot? What'd they do here? What props are they doing? Star Wars was the first time in years that I just got lost in a movie and, you know, just watched Besides it for. <laughs> well, yeah, no. But you know, this is shot really well. <laughs> wow, that's a great look, look angle the that they're using. The feel of this menage yeah. a trois. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, like, it was the first time in a long time that I got lost in a movie. So it's just going back to being able to watch a film and be, you know, like just you know engulfed in a movie story, Man, rather than just I, like, I, oh, I same thing. Like, oh, I wish I could get rid of that sometimes. Yeah. And so, you know, that's why, that's why um, it's my number one. All right. This is what I'm waiting for. Sebastian's top five? Uh, top five I, movies I, I, I tolerated this year. It's a, it's a, for me, it's, it was hard to like, I don't like, it's top like number one. I just have like the five, my five movies that I actually really, really liked. Uh, although I completely left Sicario off the list and that was a great movie. But uh, I threw Inside Out 
Spectre, uh, The Martian, Ex Machina, and Creed. You may have been the only person that saw The Martian because I think that would have been in a lot of the Martian's list of movies. Yeah, a movie, and it's a movie. I was like, as I'm scrolling through, I'm like. I tried to see The Martian three separate times and failed. Yeah, the Martian, so the Martian was one of those movies that, like, uh, not only because the the book is really fun, yeah, but also very entrenched in science. And The yes. Martian is a movie that tried to bring a lot of that to the screen. Actually, I think was very successful at doing that, but was also able to move the story. Along. Yes, That's what yeah, I keep and it's it's one of those it's 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 a Ridley Scott movie that makes you sad that Ridley Scott does not make movies like that all the time anymore. Yeah. The the the. Um, I was listening to another podcast doing their media review today and when they were talking about The Martian one guy who that was like one of his, his top three or whatever and he said in the book he got kind of tiresome of like oh of course this is wrong and this is why does all this stuff keep going wrong it's like let's get back to actually saving right. him or whatever and that's what he loved about the film was that they were able to drop enough of it that the plot moved along but not so much of it that you felt like it was a missing piece right right so. and then Creed uh, is uh, a movie that was also really good that I that I think it's kind of weird to see how what who saw that movie and who didn't. But it's one of those films like I, I after hearing all the reviews and everything, I'm like I kind of want to see that movie. Creed now. is <laughs> Creed is great and it's great in a way. And for me, it's one of the things like a lot of people are going to think I'm going to just like shit all over Star Wars because it's it, and it's not that Star Wars wasn't a fun movie, but I think when you look at the dichotomy, those two movies set out to accomplish the same end goal. But I think Creed was actually successful in revitalizing a franchise while paying respect to the original set of films, where Star Wars was just plot hole, but hey, look, we have the hologram chess set, and we've distracted you from noticing the plot hole, versus Creed is actually taking sort of the culmination of everything that Sylvester Stallone did with the Rocky character and handing it off to somebody else and, and doing it in a way that you go, okay... There is going to be a Creed 2, and... Electric Boogaloo. The, yes, and the character now can do everything on his own. And Sylvester Stone's character doesn't need to appear in it anymore, because he basically got to be Mick now. Like, yeah. the character has come full circle, and Sylvester Stone can continue to produce the movies, and his character can fade away and have a new generation's Rocky and have it be a successful hey, evolution. What are you talking about me fading away? I'm here all the time! Well, and it's interesting that you do that because especially a lot of that, a lot of the jokiness that comes from Rocky is like if you watch the series, he did trying to inject a lot of like a character who got brain damage from all the years of yeah, boxing. I didn't, and I didn't he, have to fight a fall, he, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and as he watched the movies, especially as you get later on, his character <laughs> stops looking people in the eyes directly, which is something really bizarrely subtle for Sylvester Stallone. Which is like, and there's a lot of people like, oh, you know, if he ever gets like a like supporting actor nod, I agree one hundred percent. And that's one of those things where it goes like, in a million years, no one would ever go best supporting actor Sylvester Stallone. You ever imagine well, that think, though? Like Sylvester no, Stallone winning an Oscar? Right. Wait, 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 wait. No, he Copland. was nominated for a couple times. Was he no, wasn't he nominated for Copland? He was. Yes, I and think. he was nominated for but, Rocky. But it, but well, it, but different different kind won, of thing. He won, he won Rocky. Rocky. He won yeah. an Oscar for Rocky. But when That's you move to Creed, there is a lot more going on. Yeah. It, him as an actor in Creed. But this is a type of thing that, that Sylvester Stallone and they proved it with Rocky. They did. That he excels at. He does, and it's no, but it's also and one of those writing, things like a lot writing. Of, look, when you look at this, this is going back to Saturday, uh, Staying Alive. This is going back to mm-hmm. to um, to Rocky and to all that. He, he's a brilliant writer when he stays within his well, own no, but, neighborhood. But as an actor. 
he's better in yeah. Creed than he was in any other Rocky movie. And he's yes. good in the Rocky movies. That's, right. So if you go through Sylvester Stallone's career, people crap on him because some odd choices. He did like he did But the... he's good in bad choices. Sure. He's he's actually he's he's competent in everything he does. I liked him in Oscar. Yeah, and that was he's a bad competent movie. in things that are bad. Yeah, you look at it. You saw. We'll get to the worst films that we saw. Yes, um, and we'll get to one that you saw with Michael B. Jordan in it. I'm yes. sure he's fantastic in that film. He is, and, it's, and, and that's another. That's another one where I go like, like Michael B. Jordan. I'm I could take or leave as a as an actor, mm-hmm. and it's also one of the things where it's like. I want to see you do this kind of acting more often. It's when yes. it's when it, it, I always sort of joke. It's like I know this actor can act. I've seen him do it before. And this is Creed is the movie where it's like if you do a terrible movie after this, I'm gonna know it's just your choice in in movies that you do because I know right. you can act and I know you can pick right. good movies. It's a whole Nick Cage. Yeah, exactly. I know when Nick Cage paycheck, puts his mind so. to it, he can act, but he then it's, it's Eddie, just chooses not to because he's like, oh, pieces, pieces. It's Eddie Redmayne. It, it, uh, well, yeah, yeah. Redmayne. Redmayne. Yes. But yeah, Every, Creed. Creed good. Who's in Fantastic Four? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Creed. Really, a great movie that was a surprise because it's a movie that kind of went in like. I've seen this movie before, but it's like, I've seen this movie before. Well, when I first saw the trailer, I'm like, oh, so they just remade Rocky V, except they made the kid black instead of his son. And that was kind of me going and going, this is, or Rock, whatever, Rocky Six, whatever the hell it is. Adrian's Revenge. Adrian's um, Revenge. <laughs> Rocky V, Adrian's Revenge. Um, that was kind of like my... That was the joke of it. That was the joke. When I first saw it, I'm like, oh, God, they made another Rocky movie. But then immediately when people started seeing it, like, this is... You don't understand. This is a really good film. It's, it's yeah. and, and when you look at the lineage of Rocky, especially for the previous Rocky film, where he it was destitute because his brain injuries led to him being very poor at money management. He lost his wife. He lost the love of his son because... And, that was the Rocky Balboa one? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then it's him just like, it's like hey, you know... Is it like, five or is it six? I think it's six. I, it's six. God, did they make seven Rocky movies? No. No, wait. It I think that not. is five. They made six that, Rocky, Rocky Balboa is five. It, Rocky Balboa is five. No, yeah. it's six. There's Rocky Five. Yeah, I think with, there is a Rocky with Five with the Tommy guy. The That's the one we're guy. talking about. No, then there's one after that, Rocky Balboa, which is okay. Let's, let's move on to Rich's list. Yeah, okay. that's, that's my top that's five. Right. But there was a Rocky Balboa after Rocky yeah. Five. Yes. Yeah, but it, Creed it was one of those movies that I would again seeing the trailers before like didn't look bad, but that idea of like okay, so I'm never gonna, gonna go on a list. I'm going to go one through five in order because I have a lot of movies that are like on my five that could have been within. Yeah, but none of us have talked about that, so you don't have to either. We, we added those in like, yeah. Like, yeah, we, at the end. We, didn't we, right. we know that number five is Guardians, and number four is Guardians, and number three is Guardians. That was 2014. You, you watched it more in 2015. Okay, so, I went into IMDb. So there was, there was no, in my number five, there was, there was you know, um, I forgot about Mad Max. You know, I'd put Avengers there, Ant-Man, Inside Out. I hate to put it that low, because actually I think it was a little bit better than maybe Jurassic World. But I had more fun watching Jurassic World than I did. Do your five. Don't, I'm not worried about Jurassic. So, so those would be in my the, my top five. I mean, those would be uh, you know my oh, asterisks to it. It's the it's the, number, top, it's the top ten, right? Because you can't. It's, so number five would be honorable mention. Num- number five would be Inside Out. Number four is Kingsman. That was a really really good. That was the other fun That was that was it was it's a. Different. That's exactly it. It was a spy movie, but it was different, and you Action. had fun through it. So much. You know, and, and there were moments when it was really campy, but you still and th- there were things in it that that were kind of you were going, ah, oh, that's kind of cheesy. It's but also be- shockingly violent. Yes, but because of the film and you're having so much fun in it, it's one of those things where you can forgive those little flaws in it because of uh, of the of 
what you're seeing and getting yeah. the experience. I'm excited that they're making a part two. Um, the oh, church yeah. scene that they did and the thing that was so violent was amazing. Yeah. Um, number three, Jurassic World. Yeah, I mean, Chris pretty much summed that one up. It, it was fun. It took me back to Jurassic Park. I was some, it was exactly oh, what I wanted. It, it was what I'd always wanted with Jurassic Park was to see the park open. You know, and, and that was the one thing when, when Jurassic Park came out and, it, and they never got to that point with the movie or the franchise, as I wanted to see what it would have been like for people to go to the park. As somebody My that goes, statement, if you make a three-and-a-half-hour film of following a family go to Jurassic Park, I would watch it. Yeah, I mean... It's, Nothing it's, bad it, happens. They just go to Jurassic as Park. As somebody that goes to, to, to you know, Disneyland it's a go, all the it's time... It's a GoPro like movie that. of them going to Jurassic Park. It was four hours, Chris. Okay. But I'm I'm, gonna, I'm still gonna watch it. it. It was just you know it was fun. It was fun seeing the dinosaurs. It was fun <laughs> even even the the campy uh, explanations they gave for like why the dinosaurs look the way they do. It was still nice to have those little nods in there, uh, and it was just a, a fun film all the way around. Number two is Tomorrowland. I loved this film. I thought it was an amazing film. I loved the premise of the film and the whole idea that. That the world that we live in now, because there is, there's so much that we've embraced apocalyptic type, you know, scenarios that it, it, it's such a great idea that somebody's pumping that into our heads to try to make us not do it. But as we are with Americans and, human, and humans, we embrace them instead of, you know, expel them. Uh-huh. And, and I, I just, I thought it, the the whole thing of... There is a better tomorrow. There's, you know, those, the exceptional people that there is a place for them is, you know, it, it, it's. But how did they shoot all of it just in one tiny land in Disneyland? That's what I don't understand. <laughs> even the, even the it takes Disneyland. a lot of work. Yeah. Even the Disneyland nods that they had in there, you know, the, you see tomorrow. You see, you, you see the. Uh, Do you see Star Tours? Sp- no, you see Space Mountain in the background. Oh. You know, the whole nod, the whole premise of that. The the movie opens on uh, this is the world's fair. the world's fair and you get you know the it's a small world ride and then that's where you know it was just it was an exciting movie that I don't think it ever got its due yeah you're because it was see, actually different you're never gonna see that film again yeah oh no I, that, yeah, type of, yeah. that type of film is dead I mean even even I, I like John Carpenter I, I I didn't go see that one in the theater he loved it so much that he doesn't remember the name. It's John Carter. Let's say John Carpenter. Did I say John Carpenter? I remember the John, John Carpenter film. Like, John Carter. John like, Carpenter's wait, John Warlord Carpenter's... of Mars would be amazing. Yes, <laughs> that's the sequel. That's, that's the sequel. never going to happen. And then, Jay, I wonder what number one is. Of course, number one is Star Guardians. Wars. Oh, it's Star Wars. <laughs> okay, we said enough about Star Wars. What I want to know: What's the worst film you saw? <sighs> Fantastic Four. It's like it, it's seriously. It's like you hate your own time. Sebastian, what? what's the worst film you saw? It's like you hate your own free time. Like, oh, what am I going to do with today? I'm going to go see Fantastic Four. Hey, I even went with Mikey to see. <laughs> worst film of worst film this, year this year that I saw this year. I've seen a, it's a, it's a handful of movies. All of them. Uh, Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, like, just... Just something you really thought, like, this is bad. Pure hate. I'm, I'm going to be the odd man out and say Jurassic World. Okay. But... I, it, in its defense, it's not a badly directed movie. The effects no. are really, really nice. But I'm also ki- the kind of person who, like, with things that I love, I'm more than content to leave well enough alone. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's it's that the movie, yeah, whether you, or not you, it, you weren't alone. No, no. But whether or not the movie was self conscious of the the message it was sending, being very tongue in cheek, or if it was completely on accident, 
served to explain to the audience why the movie was not a necessary film, and that I think made me even more angry. <laughs> it was a, it was a, the rare movie that like because again again it's not a poorly directed. I actually like the director a lot. I like the acting choices, but I sat there clutching the seat, going this piece of shit. By the way, we are paying for a ticket to go see Ghostbusters, and we're putting a nightlight GoPro on your head, and I'm just gonna watch just, you react to that film oh, the whole time. Just body, it's just a Put the body so cam doing it. The body, they won't let us do it, but there's gotta be a way to do it because that would be amazing. No, I would, I would, I would, wait, guys, that's awesome. what I'm saying. We're, just, pay, we're would, paying for the ticket. It would be me rolling my eyes for two hours. No, you guys, no, you, guys are, you also have to put like, the clockwork orange yep. thing on his face so that he doesn't. Mr. McCarthy, no. Sean will be putting eye drops. In okay, so you only saw four films. I guess the worst film would be whatever you put for number four. Well, no, I mean I've seen other movies this year, just not any ones that I'd put on my top five. What's the worst movie you saw this year? Oh crap! You went to see Fantastic Four with him, didn't you? No, no you saw Gem. No, <laughs> Ridiculous Six. Aww. that is the absolute. That was oh, that worst. Netflix That's a movie. Netflix yeah. movie, wasn't yeah, it's it? The Adam Absolutely. Sandler. Why did you watch that? Because you know, there's a little thing inside Why? me. Why you because... didn't watch the Lego Movie? <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm done. No, I'm done talking to you. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Shauna, worst movie you saw this year? Well, that that came out this year. Yes. Yes. Well, they're, well, I like all the ones, all, all like the three I watched this year. But am, am, am I allowed to hate a movie by proxy? Yes. All right. Um, I guess. Okay. All right. I'm gonna hate Jurassic World by proxy because simply because like because okay, remember when we were in the Disney parking lot and Forest Friday and you were just and you were like God Jurassic World this Jurassic World that and I'm gonna, I kind of got the hate I got I kind of hate for your your boyfriend saw Jurassic World uh, my friend Andrew and he texted me after he saw it and we were just he was just like do you see this movie yet yeah like, I got yeah I saw this movie I felt, the, I felt the hate from him too he's just like oh my and he's, he's like, like oh my god yeah we're both like T Rex nodding at a Velociraptor in acknowledgement of their victory yeah, see, yeah dude. done see, that made me that made me just Kind you don't of know like... how smart they are. <laughs> no, I don't know how smart they are, and I wish they would tell me why they were so smart. Yeah, like he hearing, hearing about that scene was enough to just kind of make me go, "I'm done." Okay, Mikey, worst film that you saw? It's probably uh, the same it's as mine. A tie up, tie between Crimson Peak and Woman in Black Two. Oh wow, Woman in Black Two is my first movie Damn. of the year, and yeah. it sucked. Which one? What the hell was that? That was, was the sequel re- to, that was uh, sequel to the Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. The, the first movie was really good. Yeah, I heard that really? too. But huh. this one was just the worst film I saw in the theater was Terminator Genesis. I was gonna say that. I knew that. Absolutely, I, uh, I didn't go see Terminator Genesis. I, that just looked. Like, I, I, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm the kind of person like it's like I know this movie's gonna be bad and I don't go see it. But I heard so much good stuff about Jurassic World that I went to go see it and yeah. walked away like. Terminator Genesis was like like last year was Transformers where we kind of knew but we just. Like, I didn't eh. completely hate Genesis though. I, I had that the is more, more than I that walked true, away from Mikey Genesis, walked out of that. Mikey came up. Mikey told me he goes, you know, it was you got to see it. It's not that bad. You know, you, you can see it in the theater. You know, I, I, at least if you're going to see it, you guess. When it. I walked out of it, I didn't hate it as much as I hated it. You, about a week later, <laughs> you were <in> just <laughs> within within like a week. I knew because there's three things that I hate about that film. One is Emily Clark. Is Emily Clark or Emily Clark? What is Emily Clark? Emily Clark. Clark. Worthless. Absolutely worthless. Well, you said she was a horrible actress after that. She's I, a horrible she, actress. It, she's great as Daenerys. She'll, she's never allowed to do anything ever again because she is terrible. Absolutely terrible. The only thing worse than her is Michael J. Courtney is in this, or Jai Courtney, Jai. whoever the hell that guy is. That man is a marshmallow rock that absolutely... <laughs> your couch that you built yourself has better acting chops than that dude. That guy's terrible. But didn't you love him in Spartacus? No. Was he in God, Spartacus? Spartacus? No, the TV show. He was in... Um, 
he was he's in those that stupid Divergent series. He's the bad. He was, guy I think he's in the Spartacus TV show, Maybe, the Star Wars I don't know, one. I never saw it. What what character was he in? I thought it was the the friend with the kid. He gets kidnapped, or was that Rome? No, no, no I, I think, think it's Rome. Rome. So there that was, was no the second thing. But the, the best the best part. There are no kids. The in best Spartacus. part of how terrible that film is because of Michael J. Courtney is all of the text I was getting from Stacy about how terrible he was. It's like she, this is the most untalented human being on the planet. He would, you know, pillars or better actors. And he, I mean, it was just like text after text. She just hates him. Yes, he's in Spartacus. And then one thing I hate about it more than anything else is all of Arnold Schwarzenegger lines are lines from other Terminator films. Oh, yes. Okay. It's such a, it's such, it's, it's pandering in the worst way. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was all pandering in the worst way. They had a chance to make a decent, fun film. I actually liked the idea in the middle of the film where they're trying to explain why these timelines don't work anymore. <laughs> and John Connor's just like, I think we just exist outside of, outside of space-time. Whatever. Let's fight. I mean, that's that's <laughs> almost the exact line. Uh, and I love that. It's, it's Jurassic World's line. Like, I never made real dinosaurs. I just yeah. threw a bunch of chicken soup in there and out popped this velociraptor that doesn't have raptor that doesn't have feathers and it's way too big. Did Here you like you the raptors and good dinosaurs? Even a cat's a monster to a yeah. mouse. The okay, raptor's so, a good dinosaur, because again, good dinosaur is a sport. It, despite its uh, interesting production design choices, very much harkening back to like Gertie the Dinosaur, lots of 1920s, yeah, 30s of cartoons. It's also, they they, they still did their best to make them accurate, and Jurassic World didn't have an excuse but not to. But they also, because I have the art book and reading, it's like, how do we imagine, we've got to remember, the comet misses. Yes. This is millions of years in the future. Well, it says that. Yeah, yeah. it's millions of years in the future, so they would have evolved to this sort of... The idea is when the comet comes over, the dinosaurs are still just dinosaurs. Right, right, right. And then they become sentient beings that go through. Anyway. No, I get so that. So that's... Terminator Genesis is the worst film. Okay. I, then, but I... Yeah, I would... Uh, yeah. Jurassic World by... by oh, that's Proxy. right. Brad yeah, Proxy. but uh, yeah, I would... Terminator Genesis did not look good Okay, so here's our, here's our top five. We have Star Wars is number one, Inside Out and Mad... Uh, Inside Out and Mad Max is number two. Uh, and then number three, it gets to be... Oh, no, uh, number three gets to be uh, Spectre. Uh, um, that's everything that got two votes, then. Yeah, everything that got so two that's votes. A lot, that's a lot. There's a lot of them. And then everything else is... Ant-Man. Yeah. And um, everything else is my case. <laughs> and Sebastian. Sebastian had... The only, one that, mm-hmm. the only one that had, yeah. ended up with, with a, a clear cut winner was Star Wars, and it had four votes. Well, yeah, because... I feel bad not putting Mad Max on there, though. That was a damn good movie. They, they also yeah. had to put Sicario on there. So. Yeah. You're in trouble, dude. <laughs> okay, so. There's two um, great movies. Especially Charlize Theron. She could act her ass off in anything. Yeah. I'm surprised. Like, like, and, and that's some ass to act up. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but it's, she's another actress, or in general, that just knows what movies to pick. I mean, apart from blasting it, like, just bad movie Prometheus. Huntsman. Oh, oh yeah, she was in, yeah, Huntsman. But she, she was, was still so, good in that, she though. Was good. Well, that's the thing. That Prometheus is something good. that I think fails... At what it accomplished, but the the attempt is not. The, the, its yeah, merit. yeah, the attempt is not without its merit, but it's definitely. Look, yeah. the Huntsman. Oh yeah, two everybody in that movie. Was, yeah. Oh, the Huntsman was terrible. The Huntsman yeah. Part Two. They got rid of the one character. That, that, well, they got rid of Snow White. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the Huntsman was one of those films. Like we went to see it, and about halfway through it, going, "It's I don't know. This is bad. What is there's this? No, movie, yeah. there's no, there's no grip. There's no nothing. Okay, here's the All top right. five. I also feel bad putting that uh, the Twilight actress against Charlize Theron. She just yeah. can't wow. emote <laughs> and next to someone who can actually act. I love the fact that that uh, Kristen Stewart was giving uh, Daisy Ridley. Um, 
tips about being famous. Yeah, at this point, don't listen to her. I know. Daisy, do not listen. Well, being famous is something she knows about. Like not wanting to be famous, but being famous. Kristen Stewart knows that as well yeah. as anybody else. Okay, so here's the top five video games according to IGN. Oh God, this is going to be quick. Number one, Metal Gear Solid Five. Number two, Witcher never, Three. Never heard of it. Number three, Bloodborne. Uh, Blood. Born. Bloodborne. <laughs> Bloodborne. 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 Oh, God. Would you like to bleed Bloodborne. on me? Awesome Number game. four, Fallout 4. <laughs> Number five, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Interesting. Um, yeah. Especially, it's, it's an exclusive. Uh, yeah, well, it, wait, was that by wait, money Fallout or by 4? reviews? That's their, that, that's their pick as their top five. That's the, oh, so that's their tie. There's, that's Who's just pick? whatever. That, yeah, IGN. IGN. So that's okay. a review pick? That's What's the, the Metacritic yes. score on that? What's Metacritic uh, say? You know what? I didn't, I didn't do the Metacritic. Um, Shauna played any big games this year? Um, the only one I played was um was Battle was a was Battlefront. And what did you think of it? Um, well, it's that's fun, it like right it's, there. It's, 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 well. fun, it's fun. It's fun, but I have my problems with it. I, I have I have I have some problems with it. It's fun, but it's, it's not fun enough. Chris, any video games? Uh, Crossy Road, <laughs> Jeweled Blitz, uh, a lot of uh, word foo that's like. <laughs> Three years old. <laughs> a lot of Tomb Zoo. Uh, I can't believe Eric hasn't got you playing Tomb Zoo yet. No, oh, God no. What is? It? I'm not even doing that stupid oh, cat thing that's all oh, over the yeah, place. I, oh, I'm playing Nekotsuma. That's like my favorite oh, game my this God. year. Oh, it's my not God. a game. You just game. sit there and wait for cats to show up. <laughs> Francis, <laughs> Francis showed game. me that. Francis showed me that. Robert, like, is just staring at it, going, "This is the most amazing thing ever." And I'm, I'm listening to the two of them talk about it. Like, no, no, you just put treats out, and then cats come, and they leave you dead fish, and you can use the fish to buy treats to have more cats. Yeah, and then, like, you get rare cats, depending on what, you know, oh, depending God. on what Stop um, it. What just, no, just stop it. I love you. I so love anyway. You. That's how I huh? feel. What is the thing that you said? What? Zoom? Whatever the fuck. Tomb Zoom. Oh, I play a lot of that, too. It's really cute. It's the cutest thing. It's, 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 it's basically, like, bejeweled. But, but with, wow. with the Disney It would be, like, my top five that I would want to play. It would be, like, Jurassic Jurassic Park Lego. Uh, okay, so Ethan, any? Um, even though the first episode came out December of 2014, I'm going to say the Telltale's Game of Thrones. That's good. That's good stuff. Yeah. Mm. Uh, okay, how about Sebastian? Uh, I got my list here. So, for games, Witcher, Witcher 3, awesome. Metal Gear Solid 5 would, would be the number one for me. Uh, Transformers Devastation, which I played, is amazingly fun. It's made by the same team who did Bayonetta games. That's all cell shaded, right? Yeah, but it's it's the '80s designs yes. for the Transformers. It's the '80s voice actors it's the for the Transformers. It's, a gen it's one. all Gen One, yeah, and it's cool. really fast paced, really really fun. Yes, uh, Halo Five and Super Mario Maker. Ooh, yeah, I could see you enjoying that. Uh, okay, so my... and it's a good game because not only is it fun to make your own Mario levels, but it, they sort of use the template of how they originally created the first Mario games as sort of the way they teach you to make game design. I thought it was really, really cool. I only have three because there's only I only got around to playing three games this year. Uh, Lego Jurassic World. That's was, why I don't have a next gen system. Was so, that was so much fun. I, I enjoy playing that. You get to go over the, all of the different parks. It's yeah. Any of the Lego games are fun to play. Um, Battlefront I put as number two, just because it's a, one of those games where I can pick it up and just you know if I want to play for a half hour, forty five minutes, you pick whatever. it up to pay for stuff. You know. What? <laughs> you can pick it up and pay for stuff, you know. <laughs> you know, I just, it's one of those. And then uh, the Master Chief Collection was the other one. Yeah, the, and for PC stuff, uh, uh, Stranded Deep, really fun uh, island survival game where you just, you're stranded on an island, you gotta 
build your own shelter and stuff like that. And there's really no end. There's no end game to it. Yeah. But it's really just it sort of takes the idea of like, oh, you get to just survive because you can starve to death and you know dehydrate and stuff. So it's kind of just like, oh, you're cast away, but. Yeah. That's it. You know, you can be attacked by sharks in the water. And they're really spooky and they got that weird ambient music. Yeah, they, they play really good ambient music. And then uh, uh, I got Chroma Squad for Christmas, which is great. If, uh, especially you, Ethan. It's basically uh, sort of, it's an RPG, but it's like an 8-bit style RPG that's like, yeah. oh, what if you're shooting like a Power Rangers or a Super Sentai show? And you sort of make your way through the idea of like an episode or a season yeah. as just a RPG, even though like it's all actors, and so it's really, really fun. That's cool. Okay, top five comic books. This is uh, here's the top five comic books according to comic book resources. They have Saga as number one, Miss Marvel number two, okay. March book two as number three, mm-hmm. Star Wars number four, and number five, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Now again, is this sales or their no, own? That's, list? that's definitely not sales. No, that's yeah. not sales. That's sales is Star Wars, list. Secret Wars, Secret Wars, Secret Wars, Secret Wars, yes, and that, Walking Dead. That is there. No, that, that, that really for for the same. The Walking Dead's a trade comic. Yes, interesting. The, 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 Single issue sales on that are nothing compared. No, to like no, what the trades are always bigger, but Walking Dead's always Wars sort of the, all the top, the, and the Batman's crazy. always yeah. the top two. Okay, uh, Shauna, comic books. All right, so the two I read from last, I read two from last year, but there were others that I really, really, really wanted to get to. <laughs> um, like I really enjoyed Miss um, Miss uh, Marvel and um, Paper Girls, which like. I can totally see you. Really, Paper Girls, yeah, it's really I fun. Really, I really like Paper Girls. Now, see, I, for me, I it's a shame you don't know anybody who works on Miss Marvel so. came out right? in 2014 was when it first started, so yeah. I just sort of kept yeah. my list of 2015 releases. Well, well, I just well, did well, what I read more came out in 2015. Yeah. Yeah. I did As long as it had issues in 2015. That's all. Yeah, I did like new stuff for this year. And then like I really wanted to get around to, like I actually bought these and I never got around to reading them, Dark Knight 3. Um and see Captain, Amer- see Captain America White. And I really wanted... Um, oh, excuse me. Um, thank you. And I really want to get around to reading all the Star Wars comics. Because <laughs> I, 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 I collected them, but I never got around to reading right. them. And they'll show, you have Marvel Unlimited like I do, so they'll show up I, there. They've already started showing up, I think. They should. I, yeah, they, do, they, that's six months oh, in. Yeah. And, and what I like to do is like to go to Disneyland, and they have the comic books there, and I get a pass holder discount. That's where I buy all my comic books. <laughs> What about manga? Because I mean, that's comics. Oh yes. Um, well, the thing is, well, yeah, I've been, I've been reading. Yeah, I have been reading a lot of manga. Um, well, I've been reading Hajime no Ippo, and that's been out for like ten years, like twenty years already. So my favorite new hobby mm-hmm. is to is to look at Shauna and her friend Lauren's <laughs> Facebook <laughs> posts. I don't understand a word of it because <laughs> it's not in Japanese, but it might it as well be. In Japanese. Japanese. <laughs> yeah, it's like all this shit that she tags me in. But it's all you know. You you mentioned Hajime no Ippo, and that's book that's been around for at least a decade yeah, it's uh, but it's, like the it's early 90s yeah but it's come back around i remember reading some of it with uh andrew and ryan like it's like, all, no, like it's, five six years ago and it's finally kind of looped back in the consciousness of people yeah like it's not yeah it's already like in the like it's already like over a thousand chapters long it's, so yeah, yeah. it's supposed for listeners who don't know like manga in general is like while it tends to have the length of American comics, they tend to have like a shortened time frame because usually it's the same creator working on it. They they don't give up on it, or when they do stop, that's usually it. They don't hand it off to anyone, or very rarely they do. But they also they put out you know the equivalent of a twenty-two page comic that they usually will write and draw themselves, or they'll have a team. But they'll do it weekly, 
So when Hajime no Oppo is, you know, thousand plus chapters, is because they've been doing, you know, 22 or 48 page stories every week. Yeah, it's insane. For a decade. Yeah, it's freaking, it's freaking insane. Versus when, you know, like Superman is like, oh, it's 700 issues. It took you 75 years to get to 700 issues? <laughs> it and they're going to throw that all away. It, it, took, it took a guy 10 years to get to 1,000 issues of his book. Come on, guys. But Keep what up. Is, what Keep is up. that man's quality of life? <laughs> that, okay. that, that is his. I'm allowed to book. go outside one minute a day. Oh, you read Hajimani Oppo. You read anything else from manga this year? Oh yeah, um, Shokugeki no Soma. That's a great one. Like that's a really, that's a really oh. <laughs> wait, wait. Say, no, no, say that one again. Like Shokugeki no Soma. I love the one. Oh, it, yeah, it's loosely translated. Any Japanese courses? I I took one semester of Japanese. Oh, okay. And, there, and I mean, there, you rattle that off really quickly and really and well. I, yeah. I also watch a lot of anime, and it's to the point. Yeah. And we'll come yeah, back so to that for TV. Yeah, it's like the only TV I watch. But yeah, Shokugeki is actually. I did not put that on my list, but that's easily this really fun. It's it's basically uh, Food Wars is the American name for it, okay. and it's like a like a school. I, wait, 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 wait! I can describe this. Okay. Go go. <laughs> food orgasms. The yes, series. there are food orgasms literal in the food book. Orgasms. Literal food orgasms in the, the book. It's so it's so lude and it like, amazing, and I want to eat everything. It's so nude and is it, amazing. Is it like nude a fried chicken wing nude. just pops out? No, no. we'll we'll we'll, no, we'll show no, you we'll, some we'll, clips no, afterwards. We'll get, no, no, Audience, no, 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 yeah. you go to YouTube. Is, you look it up. You can have some fun. I've gotten no Shauna. This veneer just doesn't. It's just the inside is just so different. It's so weird and it's so crazy. Sorry. Uh, no, don't be sorry. Okay, Chris, your top five comic uh, books. My number five, well, originally I had Secret Wars and then I threw it out for a miniseries that actually started and finished this year, uh, Oak Kill Strike, which if you read anything in the 90s, any book in the 90s at all, this is the book to read. It's hilarious. It's it a, is it's amazingly fun. so hilarious. And, and it's poignant for people who read comics in the 90s. The very beginning of it, the premise of it, is there's a gentleman who has a copy of Oak Kill Strike number one, which is loosely based off of, well, to protect, let's say, Lob Reifeld. Um, <laughs> it's so terrible that so many, your people, buddy. <laughs> so many people destroyed it that it's now the most sought-after comic in the world because there's so few copies that are still in existence. And he has a copy, and he thinks he's going to sell it for all this money. And one of the best lines in it is as he's explaining this, you know, what the 90s was. There's all these comics, and they were all terrible, and we bought all of them, and then we all got rid of them, and then... And, his wife looks at, if you hate this so much, why do you love it? And it's perfect. That's, it's every, everybody that, like that's me. That's your line that got you hooked, got right? into, oh God. Everybody like me who got into comics in the 90s and absolutely loved them and then had to listen to everybody in the 2000s bash how terrible the 90s were. And there's god-awful comics in the yeah. 90s. And there's good god-awful comics in the 90s as well. That line, I'm like, that's, that's it. I hate it so much, I love it so. Or I love it so much I hate it, you know, right. that sort of thing. Um, and it is—it's shockingly funny. His the the character that the the character in the book comes to life and sets this guy off on this quest to reconcile with his father. It's amazing. Um, number four was Airboy, James Robinson's incredibly honest, brutal, and just fascinating deconstruction of himself right. as a creator. That's and cool. he he bashes himself, he bashes DC, he bashes Marvel, he bashes the comic book industry as a whole. It's a fascinating tale of him and another and, and an artist who's the artist in the book who all of a sudden escapes my 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 memory. They are they're hired to do Airboy, which is this 
pulp character from like the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Chuck Dixon did a long run at Airboy, uh, who fights like super Nazis in the 1940s and 50s because the, the war doesn't end. Yada yada yada. It's like a quasi rock. Yeah. So this character comes right. to life too, much like <laughs> Okay Strike. Um, the character comes to life and they go through this crazy adventure. It's incredibly lewd. Um, it's incredibly dirty, but it's also the most honest thing I read. And when the Eisners come, I guarantee this is going to be in all of those categories because it is, it's basically James Robinson going, I'm an asshole. I lost my wife. I lost my, most of my career. Here's why. And it's all on the page and it's brilliant. That's good. It's it's partly autobiographical. His drug use. It's not, it's not partly. It is him. It's him through this dog. I mean, the, the stuff that he says about, I wrote Starman and everybody loves me for Starman. And now everyone's telling me that's the only good thing I've ever written. So I believed my hype for Starman, and I just kind of went out there and went, eh. It's funny, reading it, um, I saw Jeff Loeb at CSUN. Uh, he did a symposium there. And one of the things Jeff Loeb talked about is when he got to Hollywood, he sold Commando very quickly. Right. And he thought he was hot shit. Mm-hmm. And he was terrible. And he kept going, and people were like, you suck. No, I don't. I sold Commando. So? That was four years ago, you know, he, and he's very honest about it now. Where he said, "I believed my own hype, I tried to shortcut everything, and and what have you." This book is the same thing when he's when when um, James Robinson talked about. It. Number three, I put Starfire. Starfire is everything that the Harley book should be and is not. Okay, it is absolutely gorgeous. Emmanuel Lupicino has done every issue so far, which is shocking. His art is beautiful in so many different ways. The coloring is gorgeous. Um, it is a, a book that doesn't necessarily have that, I'm a villain. It's Starfire trying to figure out how to live in South Florida. Uh, there's a hurricane. There is an evil villain that comes. It reminds me so much of Amanda Condor's Power Girl, which okay. is one of my favorite comics. And, and It's just a comic that exists as a comic, and it does really well. Starfire <laughs> is my underrated. Everyone should read this book. It's probably going to get canceled, but it's amazing. Uh, number two, Jason Aaron's Thor slash Mighty Thor. The change in, again, a book that started um, all the way back in Marvel Now. ends. we have female Thor. It just started up again. Great story. It, it's, it's something that people will, will claim to be at a gender or whatever. Jason Aaron has said, this is where I was going the whole time. Yeah. Thor was always going to lose the hammer, and Character X was going to pick it up. It's not totally out there, so I'm not going to spoil it for everybody, but... This is and well, it's, it's a natural point, progression. It's been out long enough. Yeah, but where. there's not an, there's people that will go back and read the trade that doesn't that haven't read. That's it. true. Um, the art is fantastic. Uh, Russell Daterman is really, really, really good. Except for Loki's um, uh, pube chins, right? Yeah, Gordon Francis <laughs> chin um, pubes, chin yeah, pubes, pubes chin. Each uh, pube has uh, a chin. <laughs> and then by number one, I'm surprised by comic book resources pick of Star Wars. Because I think Darth Vader is a far superior comic yeah. to mm-hmm. Star Wars. Yeah, I like I Jason Aaron's Star Wars. The tone in Jason Aaron's Star Wars is very, very good. It's gotten better. It's gotten a lot better. Because a lot of people that first issue... Have you, were, have you read past John, when John Cassidy stopped? No. John Cassidy held that book back. Wait till you get to Stuart Immerman's art. Stuart Immerman is a fantastic Star Wars artist. I think His the last characters I read looks more... Ten. Ten is it. You've, you've got Stuart Immerman's okay. in there. Trust me. Go back and read it. Because I read... I read 6 through 11 or 6 through 12 in one shot. See, most people really had the trouble with Star Wars, and, and I've had a couple people come up to me now and tell me this, is, and it was the same thing that I said that if it happened, I was probably going to drop it, and I ended it's up Travis. not. Yeah, it, it's, it's Travis's problem, that there's too many things. Well, Look, no, it's, it's the, first, the first encounter with Darth Vader and Luke yes, Skywalker. It, it takes away a lot. If you're going to put that in there, 
But the thing is, read it as a comic book. Don't right. read it as this is the prelude to Empire. Read but, it as but a comic But they still they did a it. good job. They, they they did a good job with that encounter not to give too much away and not go, to take go away. back and read the Marvel ones between those two. Right. Luke and Vader end up in every third issue. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For a while. So but for me, Darth Vader is much better because it's a stronger it's comic. Very, one, Salvador La Russia is a fantastic artist, and mm-hmm. he did all of the issues. We've had 12 issues this year. Um, Kieran Gillen is one of my favorite writers for these type of characters. A villain that isn't a villain, but is a villain. There's a lot of intrigue in this book. Darth Vader is trying to build a personal army mm-hmm. under the, the noses of the Empire. You have three new characters in Afra and her two droids, which are brilliantly terrible yes just horrible the, horrible the two people. droids the two or, or droids beings or whatever amazing. you want to call them but really really well done um and leads into well i guess it'd be still 2015 leads into vader down a natural uh-huh. crossover that's done very very well so but even my, the crossovers one, that they've done because they ran parallel they ran parallel they're really i mean there's there's little pieces but in yes. terms of a true crossover it isn't until vader down but as a again as a big star wars fan this is a great Star Wars comic. Yes. Kanan, great Star Wars comic, and Lando. If you guys did not read Lando by Charles Soule and Alex Mayleaf, uh-huh. oh my god. And especially, if you, if you like me, absolutely love Lobot, you have to read Lando. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you have to read the end. Well, I'll get, I'll get to that the with end my end of Lando is going to break your heart. Yes. Uh, I'll get to, yeah, I'll get that to my list. Uh, Mikey. Uh, number five, I have Justice League, uh, Dark Side War. Only because I read the first six issues of Justice League, a little bit of Trinity War, and <sighs> that's pretty much it. Um, no, you're, on board. you're on board for the good stuff. No, I know. <laughs> I, I love Darkseid. I love the New Gods. That whole deal. And the Green Lantern crossover was okay, but it was, didn't really serve too much of a purpose besides bringing them all back into play. Um, number four is Saga. Still a great story. Gorgeous art. Um, number three, Ms. Marvel. Again, same good story, same small town feel of a comic. It's she's not spreading herself too thin, and it's not part of the larger Avengers uh, world. That's the all new, all different Avengers comic that's out now. Um, number two, Deadly Class, still a great, just anarchic, anarchic book. Um, and number one is Hero County. It's the new lock and key for me, so good. That's scary. Harrow County came out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah, that was a book I hadn't heard anything about. Then all of a sudden, a bunch of people came out on a Wednesday. Like, yeah, Harrow County. Yeah, Harrow County. Like, what the hell are good you talking about? Got to go to eBay. Creepy. Yeah. Huh. Deadly Class is one of those books that I feel like I should like, but I couldn't get through the first issue. It, the layouts are awesome. It's and a gorgeous looking book. My problem is with a lot of those books, and I was telling you know, Ethan and Mikey this when they handed me the, my stack. Uh, thank you're you welcome. for yeah. Uh, I need to get back into the shop. Yes, you do because there's a whole bunch of comics out there that you're not pulling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Ethan, besides Walking Dead, Walking Dead and Walking Dead, you're not buying. Well, they else, can't, right? they canceled my other two books. So <laughs> yeah, pretty much Walking Dead's the only one. <laughs> All right, Sebastian. <laughs> so it's top five of the last five comics of the Walking Dead. There you go. <laughs> uh. So, I just did 2015 specific books, but okay. I will echo Paper Girls, amazing. That's a 2015 book. Yeah, no, but it's, it, it wasn't on my list, but uh, Shauna picked up Paper Girls, and I was reading it off to the side. Really, really good. Even the main character is kind of a brat, but it's she's like a lovable brat, and I 
this, they all I, are. In that yeah, they are, and I, it's the they're characters you love to hate because you see so much of like, yeah, you know, all youths are like this, yeah. and the youths, the youths. youths. Well, Paper Girls is one of those books that's also that you know, it, and it's just so good because again, out there it's those so titles well that you want to get girls interested in. Yeah, and this is becoming one of those titles. And that it's, all, it's a huge nostalgic. Yeah, it's it. it's, it's yeah. the girls that are. It's also the fact that it's age. It's our generation. Yeah, it's yeah. The, not, the late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, yeah. But it's not a book I that's even born yet. over. Stop. Stop making us feel old. It's not a book that's like. It doesn't feel like it's trying to be self-important. No, right? no. That's sometimes just... when I read Saga, or especially something like Bitch Planet. Halfway through Bitch Planet, I'm like, uh, everybody, I don't know. everybody complains about Bitch Planet and how yeah. Alex DeCampi's. Uh, Grindhouse isn't getting the love. Yeah, or Cluster. Uh, Cluster from Boom is amazing. Yes, uh, a really good sci-fi really good book. book. That, I mean, you want a book where the female protagonist is flawed but also super strong. Yeah, Cluster you know, is Cluster another. Cluster is so good. Yeah, the... and if you, if you get a chance, pick up Venus. I want to check out Venus. Venus was really okay. good. I was shocked. Yeah, by Cluster really good. Paper Girls not on my list. If we're yeah. gonna go for strong female characters who are flawed, but I like flawed characters. Yes, and they're just so well written. Just like everything. About those books are so good. Uh, uh, Killstrike, awesome. But uh, my list that I sort of like, okay, books that were like 2015 specific. Right. Uh, Superman, American Alien, because I like a really good Superman story. And again, as much as uh, as much as better hope Greg Pak or Max Landis writes it. Right. It's, 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 yeah. It's, it, Max Landis is a dick, but he like again, he's the kind of guy who's like. Here's how I think Superman should be written, and this is why I think Superman should be written. Everyone's like, okay, buddy, whatever. Then he comes out with that great Superman Joker story, and everyone's like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. You know, Not only put, because it's a Superman story, but that's one of the best Joker stories. It's one read, of the best Joker stories as well. And again, the fandom of Joker. Yeah. That, that cult, it's like, why do people like you? Exactly. It's, it's, it's so pretty. He's, he, just like Greg Pak, he takes Superman and makes him into Superman. Right. Superman of, look, he's better than everybody else. Accept it. And so he's sitting there looking at the Joker going, why does anybody think you're cool? Yeah. You just go out and murder people. Who cares? Right. That's not, that's not you know. That's it's, something... a, it's almost like if you read behind the dialogue, it's like, at least my villain in Lex Luthor really has a complex. He's fighting against his xenophobia. Yes. You know, he's trying to save the earth from me because he thinks I'm going to destroy it. I can kind of like, I can get on Lex's level. And like, I kind of understand where you're at. You're just running around with a big grin killing people for no reason. Why does anybody like you? Like. You're reading, going. If you're a big Joker fan, don't read that story because he's basically telling you you're an idiot. Yeah, (laughs) it's a it's a huge meta commentary. But uh, I think uh, Alien, uh, American Alien, is another. It's it's his commentary on what they tried to do with the Superman. He he sort of when he did his little documentary about like uh, about sort of the '90s Superman film and everything that they've done through that, and his echoing his sort of his complaints about Man of Steel. And it's just another one of those, like, oh, you think you can do a better Superman origin story, Max Landis? Yeah, okay, whatever. And then he's like, you know what? I will. Like the, it's, <laughs> and, the, it's like the PG-13 version of Superman for all seasons. Right, it is. It is. And, it, you know, he, he because he brings the idea that Clark and Superman, you know, Clark is the real person. Superman is the mask. Because he was raised as Clark Kent. Right. But he's a flawed character, but he's a character who who, while he knows of his strengths, also knows of the restraints and the responsibilities that come with it. And his tempered attitude makes him Superman. He, you know, the idea that there's... I I feel like the book echoes the one line, like in one of the last episodes of Justice League Unlimited, when he's fighting Darkseid, and he's like, the world around me is cardboard and tissue paper. I have to be careful with everything I do. And you get to watch us 
you know, a kid mm-hmm. grow up into Superman in a way that is what a kid would have to go through to temper. It's the struggle to do everything right. Yes, uh, it, that's exactly is, is right. Greg Pak's, what I love about Greg Pak when he writes Superman is that idea that Superman has to be perfect at all times. Because if he isn't, he's immediately the villain. Right. right. That's why I never liked Grant Morrison's action comics run because I'm reading it going, he's too close to being the villain. Right. Versus because, his yeah. versus his all-star Superman, which to me is the greatest Superman story ever written. Because he writes Superman as the idea, like, he, he had this great quote about, like, the idea, the, the sort of the, the, the formation of Superman for all seasons. Uh, he was at a comic convention, and he was walking with Mark Wade, and he saw a Superman cosplayer, a guy who looked like Superman, built like Superman, in a great cosplay, you know, sitting, you know, off to the side, you know, just, you know, you know his arms around his legs and the guy was just you know relaxing at a convention right just watching people and he was in you know he grant morrison leaves the convention and he sees the guy who's like that's superman if nothing can hurt you if you don't have to tense against blows why do people always write superman as having to be brooding or dark you would be relaxed you would be zen and he sort of ascribes the idea of that superman in his adult form is very much like a Buddha, who he's a guy who can he can see the micro universe, he can see the macro universe, he can go into space, he can survive anything. Why are people drawing him with his arms akimbo, eyes glowing? You don't need to be angry if you're Superman. Right, Landis's Joker Superman story. Yes, same thing. Yeah, and the, and exactly, he's trying to Joker's trying to get a rise out of Superman, and Superman's like, I, this isn't. Yeah, when, when people this talk means about nothing to Superman me. and Batman, like, what's the difference? And now I say that. In the case of Superman, Clark Kent's the real person. Superman's the mask. It's, yes, and yeah. Bruce Wayne, Batman is the real person. Bruce Wayne is the mask. So, yeah, that, that's that. I, I I love the first two issues of American Alien, and yeah. I can't wait to read. It's more. it's it's because you get to you you. It's a it's it's a good sort of like it's the grounded Superman everyone wants to see, mm-hmm. but the only way you can really do Superman grounded is to watch him grow into Superman, which I think is what Smallville tried to accomplish yeah. but didn't do very well. But this book does because you get to watch a kid who has to he has to make the mistake of destroying a barn by sneezing on accident. It's got that same idea as Superman for all seasons. But in this case, it's more of a struggle. It's kind of like not not that they're doing an overly great job with it. But Supergirl, the TV series, is kind of doing that. Yeah. She, you know, she, and it, it kind of, but it's doing it in the, you know, TV sort right, of way. Exactly, exactly. I mean, they can't do the, right. the comic. It's stuff. it's hard, but it's also hard on TV where you know there's like a formula for television. And Superman, American Alien, feels very. I don't want to go experimental, but I want to. I, I kind of feel like, like this is a Superman story that only comes out once every decade. Sure, you know. We, you know, a decade ago, artists for each book, yeah, it feel very different. Yeah, you had Superman for all seasons, and then you had, you know, uh, you had All Star -Star Superman, and now you've got American Alien to add to that, that you know, that once a decade. All the way back to the early nineties or eighties, even to Death of Superman. Death of Superman. So much of it was about the the world without him. Ideal, yeah, the death of the ideal and what he would sacrifice. It's Superman's been around so long, and it's such a iconic character that it's hard to write a new, original, compelling story. And it is. It takes the Again, right artist. But, right but I think that's... What I love about Greg Pak, screw originality. I'm right. going to write a really good... That's, people would say, I can't write a, a Superman story. I can't write a compelling Superman story. And DC kept hiring them to write Superman. 
Right. Like, well, you can't tell the same. We got to get. We got to get away from the base. We got to. We got to do something new. We gotta, those aren't the people who write Superman. Greg Pak comes in and is like, well, how about we just make him Superman? Yeah. Why don't we make him the best? Like Grant Morrison writing Superman. You talk about Grant Morrison with All Star. My introduction to the DC universe really as a whole was Grant Morrison's JLA, mm-hmm. the second long arc in which the angel host comes down to Earth to destroy it because Zariel has taken refuge on Earth. There's a very poignant moment where Superman and Flash are having this conversation in the trophy room, and Superman's just like, everyone thinks I'm the greatest thing ever. I can't... This is crazy. I can't live up to this. Right. This is... Later, he's wrestling Asmodel, who is the head of the angel host, and Flash Wally is looking at him going, this is the guy who thinks he couldn't live up to his reputation? He's wrestling an angel. Right there, I'm in. Mm -hmm. Grant Morrison got Superman. The Superman in that, brilliant. Same thing he did for All-Star. Just right. a, a Superman who is Superman. You take every superpowered character. There's a line in JLA later where they're talking about Martian Manhunter and, and Superman kind of turns like, he's more powerful than I am. He's just as strong as I am. He has flight. He also has tele- telepathy and he has density control. He's more powerful than I am. Well, right. why isn't he better than you? Because I'm Superman. My determination is better. My will is better. They, they, he, Johns wasn't willing to give up the rest of his life in order to do these sort of things. So anyway, yes, yeah, we got okay. away from your list. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. I, I like a good discussion on Superman because the, uh, everyone always says it's too hard to write Superman, and Grant mm. Morrison's like, no, Superman is easy to write because he, see, he's a metaphor for us. If you and if you write Superman as Superman, you can do it. it it's it's like if, if you're trying to write Batman, but you're trying to write it as Bruce Wayne, it's not going to right. be. Yeah, oh, no, I get worried, but it's. The key to Superman is his revolve is his supporting cast. The key to his vulnerability is his supporting cast. The key to his vulnerability is humanity as a whole. Right. Yes. When they, when they, yes. The, the villain. That's also the his villain weakness. should be sitting there like. That's what I'm saying. His vulnerability is. Yes. His, he has, he, when Darkseid comes down and says, "I can either hit you with the Omega beams and you can shrug them off, or I'm going to blow up the moon and it's going to destroy the entire planet." Make your choice. Right. Just shoot me for the next six hours. I don't care. Right. Because, yeah, right. Superman is a metaphor for humanity. Yes. And right, his we'll, problems we'll do are... We'll Superman podcast. Yeah, but his... his no, we, yeah, we will. We will talk get, about it. When we yeah. get closer to Superman versus... Bat, or Batman versus Superman... I will, which, that was one of the trailers that was on there today and we got even worse. But no, when we get closer to it, I want to do, I want to do a whole episode of nothing but Superman and a whole episode of nothing but Batman... And Which kind we'll of... get Star Wars into somehow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so okay. Well, because that's when you know Batman he fought Darth Vader. I saw that YouTube video. <laughs> you know, the, there was a uh, a little model of the uh, the Hummer on uh, the, the Millennium Falcon bottom or whatever. Yeah, if you saw, you saw bat, you saw the bat signal in the sky. Of, yeah. of not Endor. The Vader symbol. Uh, so okay, other, I've got sculptor, really good, but that came out as a full graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, Klaus. Grant Morrison book, but but a book that came out book like is gorgeous. Yeah, it's a gorgeous book, but it's also like a, a very weird take on the idea of Santa Claus. And Santa Claus has many origins. Odin being sure. one of them. A lot of the Norse Norse mythology gets thrown in there, but very very. It's it's Grant Morrison doing uh, doing. I guess it's basically his all star Superman for Santa Claus. <laughs> 
and it's really it's also the only thing I've read from Grant Morrison in the last five years that I understood. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's it's very it it's gorgeous. It's a beautiful book. It's oh. a very simple story. It's a very psychedelic story. Yes. But it's not psychedelic in like you know it's not Grant Morrison trying to go over the edge. It's, it's not him doing Andy Warhol. No, it's but it's him well, trying it's to be like what, what would drive a guy to yeah to and, and the, and the be way that, a Santa Claus? Why does right. why does he bring toys? Because toys are outlawed in this town and stuff. Yeah, like yeah that, really so. weird. Just like I'm gonna I'm gonna make my own super. I'm gonna make my own Santa Claus myth. That's like a you know American Paul Bunyany, you know, very like anti-establishment in its own weird way, and it works, and it's just bizarre. But so you gotta wonder if he if he went back and he was watching like the Year Without Santa Claus, or I'm sure I'm sure know, he, he no, got all Chris, of his information, the Chris Kringle and you know the the old from, stop from the motion. magic that he yeah. you know the magic that he deals in. Uh, <laughs> Dark Knight Three, okay. which huge shock, not yes. that not uh, just a huge out of left field like just. You know, I, it, when the first covers were coming out and everyone was sort of sh- was crapping all over Frank Miller and, it, you know, like, oh, the, you know, his art's ugly. Uh, we all read Dark Knight 2. We all read Holy Terror, Batman. You know, it's like, dude, dude doesn't have long to live. And this story for, is clearly him buckling down with the last of whatever strength he has. This is his last with hurrah. With a great creative team behind him yeah. to put to, to put the a true sequel to Dark Knight. On the paper before he dies. What Dark Knight Four that he is completely conceptualizing because this is Dark Knight Three is a lot of Brian Azzarello. Yes, it is. This is them together, and Brian Azzarello is like, you know, I always thought it would go here and here, and Frank Miller's like, yeah, that, that'd be great. Okay, Let's that do sounds it. good. <laughs> As and he's then, dying, yeah, and he's doing he's doing four, and he's already said that was like when he got revitalized doing this, he decided to write yeah to go through and do a four, and even the mini comics inside Dark Knight Three are top notch. Wonder Woman is so good. So yeah, out of left field. I want Ezra Rizzo to do a Wonder Woman book. I want him to do too. Gorgeous, and it's I kind of wish when they because when Grant Morrison he's got All Star Wonder Woman coming out. I kind of wished after reading this, like I wish Ezra Rizzo was on that book. Yes, right. Andy and, Kubert's uh, Wonder Woman in issue one looked fantastic. Yeah, too. no, I, but it's the that that book came out of left field for me. It's like this is this is classic Frank Miller in true form, and I don't care if it's with the help of other people. That's the Frank Miller I think people have wanted to see since DK two. Gotcha. Okay, so number one, and if not number one, just uh, James Bond Barger as a huge James Bond fan. If if you don't want to read a regular book with words. Go pick up James Bond Barger. It's the closest thing to a Bond novel you hmm. will get without having to go pick up a classic Fleming book or even one of the new ones. Uh, Solo is out. Amazing. Solo. Uh, the Solo's Solo. out. Uh, Trigger Mortis just came out a couple months ago. Chris's t-shirt. Fantastic stuff. So if you yeah, if you've <laughs> never read a Bond, it's a Solo, and it's <laughs> if you want to know Crazy. if you want real Bond, and it's the like it's a Bond story that. I had to read that first issue twice, and I was like, okay, I get it better this time. Yeah, it's Warren Ellis is the the only person I could have ever imagined doing a Bond comic book. And I remember years ago on his website, him like, I've always wanted to do a Bond story, but I'd be too afraid because I would screw it up. And he lays out his ideas. And you could see that he's a changed person. Yeah. But a lot of his feelings on Bond comes through because the Bond of the movies is a flawed human being. In the, in the movies, more so than, you know, in the books and in the movies, they sort of carry it through. He's suave and debonair, but the broken bond is on the internal. Mm-hmm. His villains have the external disabilities, and they're sort of supposed to be like the two sides of the same coin. Right, right. The book bond is a horrible, horrible human being, and he does, 
all the wrong things for the right reasons versus the movie Bond who who is a broken character but he does all the right things for the right reasons mm-hmm. uh, it, the first few pages of Varger the first issue that opens up is you know it's a guy running through the snow he's clearly being chased by somebody he's firing off shots he's in a he's in a construction site and he's hit right into the back with a cinder block from three stories up and it's James Bond who drops it on him and immediately it's like that's James Bond James Bond would cripple a man just to stop him from escaping. Sure. And it's the guy, you know, legs don't work anymore. He's paraplegic now. It's him trying to crawl away with whatever semblance of strength he has left. So he's Shadow Well, that, that's what would happen anyway in a real-life spy type. It, it would. There's no holds barred. No, it is no holds yeah. barred. And there's a great documentary called uh, the, the, the Everything or Nothing About James Bond. In the first quarter of it, they talk about Ian Fleming's time mm-hmm. in the SAS. And, you know, they also did a... a, a Sky did a quasi-documentary on Ian Fleming that was uh, really was, was interesting. It was more dramatized. But the idea for me is that like that's immediately the James Bond that you would never see in a movie. The only Bond, I believe, who ever came closest in a film would be Timothy Dalton. Yeah. That's because he drops Benicio Del Toro in a giant wood chipper. It's the closest thing to something James Bond would do to somebody for the sake of killing him than any other Bond. You've got... Other things. And then once he gets the information, he shoots the guy in the head. And that's sort of the opening, if you will. That would be the gun barrel moment right. of a Bond film. Okay, so my top five, I'm just going to go through real quick. Um, number five, Spider-Gwen. Number four, uh, Su- uh, Secret Wars. Number three, Batman. Number two, Lando. And number one, Darth Vader. Lando's fun as hell. Lando is... Lando's such a good one. And you know what? I actually sat down and I was like, is Lando... One or two, and I couldn't think if I wanted to put. I Land, almost wanted Land, to. Put I knew Lando was going to be good because Charles Soule is a very he's, underrated he's writer. Fun. Lando was surprisingly good because it's fun, but it's also really dark and deep at the end. Yes, and that's what it, this is. Something Kieran Gillen does amazing. You read Journey into Mystery, and you're like, "Oh, kid Loki!" Mm-hmm. And about three quarters of the way through that book, with all the stuff with Leia, with Leia, and all the stuff with Thor, and you're like, "Oh my god!" You realize your heart gets ripped out of your chest. Right. The same thing with Lando. And, especially and the other thing like about being, this was, being a I Lobot heard Billy Dee Williams. I mean, it, it, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the, the, the voice comes through the right away. The voice comes through. The villain is, is great. The, the, the changes in it. The art from Alex Mayleave is as good as, as he's ever done. Yep. He's done some really big books. Gorgeous. But it's one of those books that when it was over and we had copied, we put it in as a set, I sold the hell out of that book. I was yeah, actually so, sad it was over. I wanted to see more. I, I, the next, Soul is doing yeah, books. I'm, I'm sure he'll do a sequel, or someone yeah. will do a sequel. The, the Star Wars book I'm waiting for is the the uh, the miniseries for the archaeologist character that Darth Vader encounters in his Darth Vader series. The not Indiana Jones. Right, Indiana yeah, Jones. Yeah, yeah, she's amazing and hilarious, and that's a character that I'm... I'm I sure think, like, see something. Yeah, I want to see yeah, it. I, 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 immediately, I was like, this is a character who needs a miniseries. Is Soul doing Obi-Wan and Anakin? I, I want to see... I w- I'd love to see a spinoff of the droids from Darth Vader. Yeah, I'm sure that's that'll be it. a one-shot of that. that is, they, those two droids are I have are a feeling amazing. once you get... They get far of, enough in. Yeah, you're going to get sort of this kind of winding down. You'll get the dark horse eventually of where Marvel will just have a complete Star Wars line... Yeah. And it'll they, they they will they will eventually they do. I mean, they, they have four they, they have they four do. books every month. Well, you, the, the but I think but I think like... I think they'll become a divide where they'll be like, I think I, I, the one feeling that I get with the Star Wars books at Marvel is that I feel like Marvel thinks that the Star Wars books in some way are competing in the Marvel in the Marvel superhero space as a series of books, 
but I think once they sort of figure out that the Star Wars fans are going to buy Star Wars and they're going to come to you no matter what, you they don't they they will eventually stop fearing. I think the, they understood that right away when they saw the numbers for yeah. that first issue. Then I'm, wait, is, then I'm waiting for the change. What, when what, it, there'll be ten or twenty Star Wars books? I don't know if they'll ever get to that. I think they'll get to like six because what Marvel is trying to do is to have one Star Wars book show up on your shelf every week, right? Because this is what IDW did for years with G.I. Joe. When they had four G.I. Joe titles, they tried to make sure it was one week, two week, three week, mm-hmm. four week. So that yeah. you would get people to keep coming back, or at the very least, they would be buying a bunch of them all in one shot. It is Charles Soule that does the new Obi-Wan Anakin. I can't wait for that. Okay. That looks good. That, yeah, that one week. does look good, too. you got to tell me when you want these things. Yeah. <laughs> it came out last week. Oh, dude. You get previews. Yeah. So, I, you know what? I you know, you never pull out anything from me either, then you get pissed off at me for not filming the book. Yeah, um, uh, no, it's, it's it, I think you'll see, when something like Kanan finally kind of runs its course, which again, super underrated Star Wars book. If yeah. you read Rebels at all, even if you don't read Rebels, it's so incredibly well done in that aftermath of Order 66. And following, not, when you're following Dash Jenner in the Dark Horse series for, for uh, Dark Times, uh-huh. this is very different, where it is Caleb running around the, it's Kanan, um, running around the galaxy like, how the hell do I keep myself hidden Right. And do the right thing, but not do the right thing, and all these 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 type of stuff. How do I make my living? How do I get from planet to planet? How do I keep one step ahead of the now empire and stuff like that? So, comic books. All right, let's but move. yeah, you mentioned you mentioned uh, the dark horse with you know, the 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 uh, the droids in the in the Darth Vader remind me of the remember the old oh, C, hilarious the uh, the C three PX yes yeah that's yes. what he, exactly that's exactly it was almost, that. for me it almost felt like they pulled that character out of the Dark Horse comics and put him in we got yeah we got to do a new version of this character yeah but and, so much worse oh yeah he's so much more so, maniacal. so much worse. he's like Bender from Futurama he, Bender if he was in an R rated film sort yes read Vader down it's he's Horrible in that film or in that in that comic. It's fantastic. Bender does kill Seymour in uh, Futurama, though. So, like the the one the one part where, dog, uh, so. where they they so where, you guys get pretty horrible. But he's Bender, so it's okay. Where they track him down and they, they get pulled away before they get to kill anybody, and it's like they're mm-hmm. they have that little conversation as they're going back to the ship. You know, it's like oh, the one where they're having the conversation and what they think Vader's going to do to to Afra. Yeah. And it, she's, could you shut up? She's like, no, no, I think he's going to, like, pull her heart out through the forest or whatever. It was fantastic. It's kind of how I, like, I, the whatever, what little IG-88 stuff they did do. He's kind of the IG-88 I always hoped for in the Expanded Universe. It's the IG-88 with a from, voice. it's from the Bounty Hunter Tales. Uh, IG-88 is much colder in that. In that yeah, thing. he tends to have, like, the a, that. The A, B, C, and D in that is much, much colder. That's because true, of the, yes. the, the the plans are much bigger. He wants to destroy all life, but he's right. not. He's not trying to torture people. He wants to just rule the galaxy well, until he gets to be r- the Death beans. Star. Yeah. That was silly. <laughs> okay, so TV shows. Uh, TV, TV shows, shows are all over the place. Um, let's just do our top fives, and then you know we'll we'll kind of decide. I'll, I'll I do have what Rotten Tomato has as their top five, and also their top five sci-fi shows. Uh, what's, the, what's Rotten Tomatoes top five? Well, okay, let's see. Yeah, wait, so I, wait, is there top? Well, so you say, wait, you say sci-fi top five versus their regular? Are the sci-fi titles just completely excluded? I'm, I'm intrigued. Here's here's what they have as their top five TV shows. They have number one, Better Call Saul. Number two, Fargo season two. Number three, American season three. Number four, uh, Catastrophe series number series or Catastrophe series one, and. Uh, uh, um, um, Dutchland. 
was it Dutch Island 83 or whatever it is, the season one? I don't want to <laughs> That's what they have as their the top five. I, I, like, three I, out of five of those I've never heard of. I don't, the, I don't watch any TV. The top five. The top five sci-fi, they were with a list of sci-fi. They have Game of Thrones, number one. Ash versus sci-fi, that's fantasy. Well, yeah. I know, I know. Ash versus the Evil Dead is number two. That's a good show. Yes, that is. If you you liked the original or even the the campiness of uh, Army of Darkness, you'll love this show. You're going to love. They have Hannibal as number three. Supergirl is number four, and Jessica Jones is number five. Interesting. Eight was that sounds, Walking that Dead. Sounds very, the, the interesting thing about that list is that sounds like stuff from the from you know this past this, yes. the only last couple months. So that's what stuck in their head, and they put that on the well, list. That's, well, that's a lot of eight. Stuff they though. have Walking Dead, and eight or ten they have Fear the Walking Dead. Interesting. So I thought that was kind of interesting yeah. the way they put everything. What was the so uh, you went to five? What was uh, what was six, seven, and? Uh, I you know I, I don't even remember now. I, no, it doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, but so those were what Rotten Tomato had up there. There's two and a half men. And <laughs> Big um, Bang Theory. Family Guy. Big Bang Theory. So Cleveland Show. Shauna, your top five. Okay, so I this is your time to shine because you got anime. <laughs> yeah. And for the anime <laughs> listeners, Japanese now. All right. For, so I only have like one Western television show that I did watch last year, which was the, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Which is the mm. I okay? I want to say that's hilarious. Love that show so much. It was just it was just, it was just hilarious and like very few like it just it had me laughing it had me laughing out loud. I was in I was in tears in some at some scenes. Um, and as for the anime, um, like in no particular order, we got um, Shokugeki no Soma, which is the um, the AKA yeah, food. food wars, which is like the food gasms. It's so gr- it's just so gratuitous and like it's. It's gratuitous and it's amazing, and I'm always hungry. It's like Iron Chef turned to eleven. Yes, it's um, it's Iron Chef on crack, basically, and it takes place in like a high school full of kids who want to be like, they want you know they want to be chefs, but it's like really cutthroat, and only like a, like a like a handful of them survive, to the end of their high school to the end of their high school career, um, and it's just overall really fun, and I'm getting hungry thinking about all the things they make on that show. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, is that your food gasm? Yeah, that's his food. No, no. Uh, we have to show you. We have to show well, you we'll that, that first. We'll, we'll see yeah, it. We have, to, we have to show. We have to show you later. Um, then One Punch Man. Um, it's so good. It's just. Um, it's just like. Basic. Basically, it is. Just, it's very. It's very. It's very self-aware and it's cheesy. It's just like it's viol- It's ultra-violent and it's hilarious. Um, and it's. Just an all-around, you know, fun, over-the-top show. I looked, I looked through the manga a little bit, and I was like, "Hey, it looks okay," but it seems like something that I would rather watch over yeah. reading. Yeah, it's it, it's really it's it's just so well it's just so well animated. Everything everything fits. Everything is great. And then um, we have um, Akatsuki no Yona or Yona the Dawn in English, which is basically like the girl power anime of la- of um, of last year. And it's about a, a run, like a, basically um, a princess whose father was assassinated, and now she is on the run and has to reclaim her throne by enlisting the help of. There's so many cookies, um, and she has to enlist the help of. Um, she has to enlist the help of like, the, reincar- the reincarnations of mystic of mystical dragons, and it's like I can't even begin to describe how cool this show is. And the animation is gorgeous. The soundtrack is the soundtrack is amazing, and 
Um, it's something that I would rec. It was something I would definitely recommend. And then we got um, like this. This guess would be this would bring me up to number five now, which is um, <laughs> Orem, um which is um Oremonogatari, which is um, a very unconventional um, sh- um like shojo anime in this in a, in a sense that like it's about an unlucky like an unlucky in love um like um dude um dude named um oh god i have to remember his name now it's been a while since i've seen it um his name his name his name is his name is takeo and he's kind of like and he's just like he's not your he's not like Normally, normally in shojo, in shojo, um, the shojo genre, like the main, like the leading males are very, like you know, they're very, like you know, conventionally attractive and you know, very clean cut, and, like this. You know what I'm, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? It's like metro. Like very, yeah. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Thank you, Mikey. But this guy's just like this hulking, very weird looking dude. He's like twice as big as everybody around him, and he lo- just looks kind of weird. And it's about his, and it's about his love story with a, with um, a girl that he, with the girl you know with the girl that he meets on a train one day, and it's just to me it was just a very, very heartfelt show. You don't really get it's very like it's just it's very rare when you get when you get a romance series that just kind of um, that kind of like you know strikes you know, kind of strikes in the right places. And I even I watched it with my boyfriend and he loved that show. That's cool. Like, it was just a really, it was just a really, ni- it was just a really nice, heartwarming show, and I really liked it. Something different from action and all that. Yeah, so, like yeah. it was just really nice, and it, um, and it kind of reminded us of us, you know, <laughs> in a way. And yeah, sorry, I'm talking your ear off about anime. <laughs> so Chris, it's on TV. It counts. Yeah, it counts. Yeah. Yes, it's anime. We need to do an episode of just anime. Is uh, of course, sure, I'll be completely episode. lost with that yeah. one. But yes, talk about anime from the nineties. I, I freaking love anime. Well, he just Dragon Ball Z just had a movie this year. Oh, it was so. Good. It was really good. I have. Oh wait, that's not seventeen films. I forgot about Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. I haven't seen it. It's, it's really oh my good. god, it's so it's, good. It's, it's it was so, it was so much better. To, than it's the back last to one. form for a Dragon Ball Z. No, oh, I was I was so god. disappointed in the last. Not so Battle, disappointed. Battle of the Gods was Battle of the Gods was the greatest. Really long, and I didn't really follow it. But this was there wasn't bad verse good. Yeah, it was just good. It was, this was this was this fantastic. Was I loved I loved it. Okay, Chris. Uh my TV top 5. Number 5 was Justified. Um not my favorite season, but still better than a lot of what I saw on TV, mostly because the last third of it is fantastic. Yes. If you follow all the season all the, all the seasons and you follow all those characters, I liked where all those characters ended up. It's been up. such a long year. I forgot that Justified, Justified was, was early still... in the year. Um the last, Was it the last season for Justified? It was. The last season okay. for Justified, yes. Um, it was a good ending. It was, it was a good, good ending. Was a I love ending. the last line. It was. It wasn't the ending that I thought was going to happen, but it was a good. You ending. You kept pushing that, and it did never happen. It I never said, happened. I, I, thought, didn't, I didn't think any. I, I thought all of them would kind of get out of it because, like, it just seems like the ending that's going to happen. They're all yeah. going to go their separate ways or what have you. Uh, it's no, a fitting ending. Number four was South Park. Uh, this season of South Park is one of my favorites. Best in best in years. Yeah, Last few seasons, I've had like yeah. one or two episodes that I really liked, but I could. I really like the change that they've done in the last at least two seasons, or if not three seasons, where they tie the everything. the, the storyline continues yeah. from episode yeah. to episode. Oh, and South Park was my honorable mention. Yeah, really so the, the, the satire in this one, especially as you get towards the end, the first couple of minutes of that of that second to last episode with Jimmy, when PC Principal is trying to shut down the paper, and Jimmy's just like, "I don't care." Yeah, and it's like okay, I, I yeah, it's so, not going to stop so, me from doing my job. But. I fell in love with Jimmy all over again. Yes, you know, I fell in love with Jimmy when he 
wouldn't would he wanted Timmy to wear the hat. And then I really fell in love with Jimmy when they Nipsey. go to Lake Titicaca because it's <laughs> one of the best episodes in the history. Nipsey. And then you get to hear and different pieces from from other seasons. There's a war coming, and it, Jim. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a war coming, Jim. That you have to so be good. sure you're on the right side of it. <laughs> There's so many the pieces commentary. in it. it the, the satire in it is so fantastic. The episode about the the whole thing in gentrification. The fact that they built an entire season over something that people in America are really having a problem with. Yes. We want new. We want gorgeous. We want to get rid of the old. Okay, we got rid of it. Now you can't afford it. Yes. Right. Stan's, uh, 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 Randy's speech to his wife was like, we can't afford to live here anymore. A, a, a bowl of shitty beef costs 10 bucks. And the only place we get groceries is stupid Whole Foods. Which, and it's he's, and which is great because he's the one who was pushing right. that, Everything of that season is right there. Yes. Because this is what we wanted. We got it and we hate it. Yes. It's, yeah, it's also but, very politically poignant, not just with gentrification, but the with peace and principle. With it, safe space. Things, yes. terms that I didn't even recognize, really. I'm like, what is this? And I started listening to people around me, and they're talking uh-huh. about that sort of things, especially people at, at work who are going to college. Yes. This idea of safe space, this ideas of microaggressions, okay? The idea that the... The PC culture has become dude culture. That's the in thing now is uh-huh. to be super sensitive and all that other crap. I loved it. White but it also Burton. has one of the best jokes ever in which when uh, Principal Victoria is showing all of the different gentrification towns throughout the world <laughs> and they get, to, <laughs> they get to Poland. Ten miles north of Poland is no mo ouchie. <laughs> I nearly fell off my bed and I don't think anybody else got it. There was very few people I knew yeah. so they didn't understand like, they're saying they bulldozed Auschwitz and made it into a, some upscale neighborhood of shops, and it killed me. And that was that sort of thing. They had these little subtle pieces, in, and they had these big, uh, these, these big overarching in pieces. Historic Kenny's town, exactly. She tapa town. She tapa town. The way Mitchell Victoria says that, like, who brought up the idea of she tapa town when? The Caitlyn Jenner piece, yes, where she runs over somebody. Buckle up, buckaroos. Buckle up, buckaroos. <laughs> which was which was interesting. I remember. I think it was. I think Sean and I were discussing it. We were watching that episode because you had brought it up that earlier this or earlier last year, Caitlyn Jenner had a huge car accident and hurt a bunch of people. Oh yeah, it was in Malibu. Was, she just like Bruce, 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 Jenner, Bruce Jenner. Bruce Jenner did it. Wait, I thought that was you who brought it up. No, no, you uh, meant you mentioned oh, it earlier. That's, all this is coming to is, is this idea. Bruce Jenner was probably at fault in killing somebody right. yes. on PCH. And people what? were were upset about him. It was and another case of and then it uh, somebody getting away. Turned into, yeah, he was still under investigation. Uh-huh. Then this thing blows up of I'm turning into a woman. I'm going through the transgender process. That became the story. She became a hero. She became a national story. And, got out. and very, very subtly, subtly and quietly, the a media, few months later, just... he was exonerated. Yep. And there's a number of people in law enforcement like there's no reason he should have been exonerated. And you know it's what? his fault. Is it murder? No, but it's his it fault. Was, it was involuntary manslaughter. Yes. Mean, and he but was exonerated. Was nothing he, uh, she was exonerated completely versus someone like even. You know, people forget, uh, oh my god, uh... Brandy? No, his name escapes me <laughs> entirely now, um... Brandy killed the dude? <laughs> he was in, he was in, uh, the remake of The Producers... Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick, thank you. For some reason, I just, it, right on the tip of my tongue, and then Matthew Broderick had an accident in Ireland and killed someone, 
But at least he had to pay out money for the involuntary manslaughter charges. Well, Mark Wahlberg also killed somebody, and he's uh, yeah. Mark Wahlberg blinded somebody. You know, yeah, when, he so a, they, when he was a when he was a. But to have tough. that be this little piece that is incredibly funny, but also brings every single episode. They're reminding you, by the way, Bruce Jenner killed somebody, and, they and nobody cares. Put her behind and the car every time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, number three is the Flash. Okay. I just I love that show. I think it show does what it does so incredibly well. I love those characters. I'm emotionally invested in it. Um, I like the colors, the set designs, the, the the characters in it are fantastic. Grant Gustin is wonderful. Yes. Um, he's the best part of that show. Him and uh, the guy from Law and Order, uh, Mark Epps. It's not Mark Epps. It's, it's not, not Mark the, Epps. The, 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 it always it always escapes me because there is he was great. Uh, there is a there's a very fantastic episode of X Files. In which uh, they go, it's it's like a flashback. He, he finds this 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 person, and basically, it's he's the the actor is playing him. He was a Negro League baseball player, Jesse Martin. Jesse Martin, that's his name, Jesse Martin. This is the first thing I ever saw Jesse Martin in, and this whole it, it's Mulder is interviewing him, and he's talking about playing barnstorming in the Negro Leagues. And the reason that he was in the Negro Leagues and he was barnstorming is he had to go from town to town so people wouldn't notice he's not aging, right? Because he's an alien. The whole episode has nothing to do with him being an alien. It has to do with how amazing baseball is. Mm-hmm. Beautiful episode, and he's perfect in it. And yes, he was fantastic. The in Law and Order. He is great. Yeah. In his, he's all, great in and, and the everything. emotional turmoil that he went through in season two, with all of these changes and all these things that, that are coming. We're only half a season in. He is fantastic. Oh yeah. He, you buy him as someone who loves uh, Barry as his child. Yes. Who supports mm-hmm. him in every way, shape, or form. The things that he goes through. What happens with him and, and his daughter, and the fact that they didn't like just pull that out for episodes and episodes where she tells him she basically lied to him or she kept something from him, and he's like, "I totally understand." And the season finale, totally, the was... season finale, yeah, it was just it was crazy. Um, number two, I put Daredevil, um, just because it's Daredevil. I mean, it was such a even the phenomenon around it of everyone talking about it for a week, so and then it went away. Um, <laughs> which is why I think that model is is that, that sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, it was incredible. He's fantastic. Foggy's fantastic. Wilson fixed everybody in that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sebastian loves. Um, uh, Why well, can't I remember his name? Vincent yeah, And my number one actually is Star Wars Rebels. I have a lot of Star Wars on this. Rebels is the one show. As I said, the year of Star Wars. But Rebels, Rebels is the one show that I make sure I, I don't watch any scripted television live anymore. That show records at what, like six thirty out here? Yes, seven fifteen. I'm watching it. Then, then I have to say, because when the I the only by the time one I that I home, appointment watch it as soon as it's over because I want to see it. By the time I get home, which is usually like seven seven fifteen, Chris is already sending me a text about something. Yeah, on did it. you watch this yet? And because and the first thing I which do is when the I total walk flip in, side of what you were doing for Walking Dead for so many years, like have you watched Walking Dead? I watched Walking Dead from three weeks ago. Yeah. You but know. the first thing I do when I walk in the house is, you know, Beth usually on Wednesday nights has dinner ready for me. So the first thing we do is we come in, we sit down, we watch Rebels. Most of the time, you know, I'm watching about the same time as you as you are because I know one or the two of us, whoever watches it first is going to make a comment on it. You almost ruined that Ahsoka moment for you, yes. too, because I almost sent it to you. Um, but no, I, that show feels so Star Wars. Again, I love all those characters. Uh-huh. The design work is great. The villains are fantastic. I love the Empire in this. More than anything else, why it's number one, that's special. The, the, the season two the, opener, the, the special, the whatever you want to call it, the in-between. Yeah. 
Vader. Oh my god. The uh, they the, learned from the all their mistakes in Clone Wars. Uh, uh, yes. The idea where they're basically just like this is our chance to show Vader as the villain. As the badass villain who can't be stopped. Was it Exeter of uh, I don't Ryan, even know what it was. Whatever it was. Whatever it was. I don't care what it was. That is so great. Ahsoka's that... reaction. Everything in it. The mythology that's in it. Where we're going. Where we've come from. The characters that we're seeing. The battle. The Jedi the stuff in it battle. is really good. The only thing that bugs me is the lightsabers. Um, the thinness. So, yeah, the thinness. The, the number one part. The, why I made it number one. Because of the special, number two is that moment when the, the, the hangar doors open in the mid-season finale and Ahsoka walks out. Mm-hmm. And I get goosebumps right now just thinking, it is such a hero shot, but it's exactly what films and TV and stuff like this that's built like this does. It, it's so perfect. Yeah. And it's, it, you know what's coming and, you know it's, and as soon as it does, like, oh yeah. Oh, is and the way that... And you they, even the knew, way I mean, they, you know it's... Yeah. Not... Whether I'm the biggest Ahsoka fan or isn't knowing that kind of cult that the Ahsoka lives cult that's there... She walks out and takes on two Inquisitors and schools them. Like, at any point, you kind of go, if she really wanted to, I think she could kill both of them. She's turned into a character. She's when they, you, if, you, if you take that character, that when master. you first see her, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in the Star Wars, uh, Clone Wars movie, and the Sky Guy and R2-E and all that, she, if you take that and you, you see her complete arc, it actually makes sense. Well, because also the, the organic cult of her and yes. what she became to the fans in that really second female character that everybody seemed to love mm-hmm. you had leia you skipped over anybody in the prequels padme, was, padme yeah. just doesn't really she doesn't do much episode two maybe because her her where she is in the arena well, yeah but she does a lot more in episode right. one episode three she's just pregnant um ahsoka is the one that as it keeps going exactly everyone followed her through mm-hmm. these pieces to her end in five. She was of the she was away. the character for the little girls. Yeah, and but it wasn't. She was the character for girls. Yes, it wasn't little girls. It wasn't anything. You can be a fan, and to see the story when we went to celebration and I went to the Clone Wars panel, and the three young ladies who were next to me are all cosplaying as Ahsoka. Yeah, in in her flight suit, in her rebel suit, or whatever. And as they show these scenes of unproduced uh, pieces that which ended up being in Dark Disciple. Yes, and then they showed a shot of Ahsoka, and they're all. <gasps> She's on the screen. I mean, it was it was amazing, and to see her, to see why that happens, to see her live up to the cult that exists. There's and, so many characters we look at, like, why does everybody love this character? And the you way that Ashley has embraced this character too yeah. has really made it more organic and and brought that character to life more. Because she's a Jedi, and she's what everybody pictures the Jedi being. Yeah. Well. In a sense, now in a she's not. Sense. Yeah, but she's not a, a Jedi. Now, she's not a Jedi. Not anymore. That's right. what I mean. No, I mean in, she in, never went through the trial. No, that's, no, 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 that's no. very what I'm true. Saying is philosophically, I think she's not a Jedi now either. She's something different. She's she's a hybrid because, and I think that's why she has the silver sabers to to a certain degree. Yes, she is. Yeah. She's a Jedi in what the Jedi were supposed to. Be. She's actively She's actively helping to run the resistance, the rebellion, the alliance, whatever you want. Something the Jedi weren't meant to do. do right. To, it, it, to actually fight against the 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 the, the actual government. Well, it's like, like when you remember we you didn't have you you had the dark Jedi, which weren't Sith. They were they were something else, you know, in the expanded universe. She's kind of become that that other for the the light side, like you know, it's, it's like, a almost like they, a Jedi outcome. Well, they were going to bring anybody back from Clone Wars, and they brought Rex back, and it was cool. And if they bring anybody back from from Clone Wars, you would think that my reaction to a lot of it would be. Ugh. 
even bringing us when we find out Ahsoka is the 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 what's the the fulcrum. Yes, and we're just like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, and now I'm invested again in her story, uh-huh. and I love the fact that she's a part of this. Well, so that her, was my number. In one. her way, she also plays sort of the role that Obi Wan Kenobi was expected to play in A New Hope, because they're looking for General Kenobi. Right. They're looking for somebody to lead. The rebellion, like he led in the Clone Wars, Look, and I'm too old for this. Also, I'm Alec Guinness, and I don't give yeah, a crap I mean, about the science fiction right. movie. But but she fills, George, she fills that she, role. She does fill that role. She yes. fills the role of being the Jedi that the Rebel Alliance needs. And of course, you know. And then as the idea of the story progresses, then it's like, well, I assume Ahsoka's going to eventually become, you know, wipe be wiped out, and then the last of the Jedi will be Ben and and Yoda. And then the idea is, you know, Leia is an adult and then goes, we need, we need the person who helped fight in the Clone yes. Wars. The only person left that I know is alive uh-huh. and is, Scott, know, is, is Kenobi. The, the uh, trial of Ahsoka is one of my favorite Clone Wars um, It's a really good episode. Arcs. Yeah. Okay, Mikey, your top five. Uh, number five, Arrow. Number four, Grimm. Three, The Americans, two, Flash, and Fargo Season 2. Nice. One. Yeah, Fargo's one of the ones. But that's, it's... A, it's an uh, anthology, yeah, so... Anthology. No, I know. That's a, that's so, a, I wish I got into Fargo with Season 2. I wish I'd started watching Season yeah. 2. Because yeah. I've heard nothing. The Americans is one of those things, too. I'm like, God, I wish I could... Yeah, watch everybody watch talks it. about The Americans, yeah. but I... I Americans I, I got into, it. and it's one of those things that I got into, but I got out of it because my DVR wasn't set up right for the recording. So I had... It passed up the five episodes that were, you know, and it just it got me behind. So End I'd... of season three is good, and it leads into a good uh, know, battle, I guess. Yeah. Into season four, so. Ethan, one show. You have two shows, right? You have Walking Dead and Fear of the Walking Dead. <laughs> what's, what's the second show? Fear of the Walking Dead. No. <laughs> uh, well, I have an honorable mention of Orange is the New Black, but uh, still. Even though it's kind of falling off, I think, in the third season, but it's still still rated high up there with me. Uh, I have a tie for four and five, just because I couldn't decide which one would go where. So it's between Supergirl and Jessica Jones, for the same reason, that it started off really slow, but it's now starting to pick up, and so now I'm more interested in Supergirl, and it's the same with Jessica Jones. It started off really slow, but then in the middle of it... I, Started to pick up, and so Supergirl has gotten a lot better. I I I'd like the change with the Cat Grant art, uh, character. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched that show. I so think, that's I why think I have five episodes. That's that why I put them two together. It's basically the same reason. So uh, number three, I would put Daredevil. Number two, I put Game of Thrones, and number one, I put The Walking Dead. Of course, you did. <laughs> it's interesting you mentioned the Cat Grant because Cat Grant is a weird character. In TV, she's always portrayed as like this very snooty stuck up character but when you talk about when you like read the original cat grant stuff she's supposed to be like the bizarro lois lane right in that she she gets she, to that she, point when you she, get... she she's the she's the person who loves clark kent and not superman because she understands how yeah. good of a person yes. clark kent is when you get to uh because i think it was the last episode i watched was the sin was it was synergy or whatever the the shocker character that they used in the animated series a lot. Synergy is from Jim. Yeah. Are you thinking, oh, uh, Livewire. Livewire, yeah. In that episode, Cat uh, spends a lot of time with Supergirl. Uh-huh. And that's the first episode I didn't hate her. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I kind of I understand this a little bit more. And her arc. 
so much of what she does is a defensive mechanism, and she plays in her own mm-hmm. genius because she deserves to because of what she did to get to where she is, and she right. can't do what she wanted to do. She's trying to write these stories and going, I, I don't write anymore, so when I write, it's something special because I don't write anymore because I'm too busy running all the rest of this and all mm-hmm. this stuff. Oh, that when was, you get to the later, the the closer to the mid season yeah, finale, they get, get so much point. better. She and and her dynamic with Supergirl, and even with Kara, it's just it's just so much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but I mean, you know, the, I think the only problem with that show was that the East Coast gave away East the Coast? the big reveal for uh, the Martian Manhunter. Martian Manhunter. Yeah, well, I think that was in the. I don't. I don't even know if that was. Big reveal for the East Coast. I remember seeing that stuff on Facebook. Part of the problem with it also is they had to show those episodes out of order. Right, but I also remember reading an article, I think, from Jeff was talking about, like some because it was even before that I had heard those Marsh Man. It was an article from Jeff talking about, it's like, well, you know, the character has a huge secret, and then at some point somebody's like, he would make an awesome Martian Manhunter. And then they were like, why wouldn't we, why can't his secret be that he's Martian Manhunter? And I thought that was really, really interesting. Because they're like, it was going to be like a deep, dark, evil secret. See, and that's what it... When and it, I was like, oh, that's, okay, that's kind of cool. The reveal of that, and it was really good. You know, and, it, I, and I wish I hadn't... Because it was. The Facebook... Mm-hmm. Immediately when it happened on the East Coast, it was popped up on Facebook. And on, I think, the Supergirl Facebook page immediately popped it up, too. No, it was like comic book resources or something. Oh, no, it was yeah. Newsarama. That's Newsarama, who it was. Yeah. It was Newsarama. Yeah. And you know, because I even made a comment on it. I'm there. still well, sad this is... it's not Philomar, or uh, not Philomar, uh, Philip Morris from Smallville. Yeah, who was great as the Martian Manhunter. Oh yeah, yeah. No, but, you know, it's like you know, this is why people are, are stopping, you know, starting to unlike uh, newsaramas because they are they they put up spoilers right away. Mm. They do it, but people love it as much as they say they hate it. They love it. Yeah, yeah. because of Rich commenting on that, it ruined it for me. Because it popped oh, up on my feed. Oh, it's like, oh, Rich commented <laughs> on this Rich commented article. on a, this, and I was like, what? Is, what? Oh, oh, my God, Rich. <laughs> Thanks. Oops. Okay, Sebastian. Okay, let's see. My favorite shows this year. So, uh, Daredevil, uh, Mad Men, in its uh, final season, finishing out. Rebels, really liked a lot. Kimmy Schmidt, because I love 30 Rock, and it feels... Like a show, it's still Tina Fey, but it feels... It's a fun show. It's a, mean, it's a fun show, but it feels like it takes place in the same 30 Rock universe. Yeah. Like, you just, like, you jump over to another part of the country in the 30 Rock world. Exactly. And you have Mrs. Voorhees and oh, Kimmy and like just... Titus and just, freaking Lillian. Yeah, it's one of those shows where, like, I like a good comedy, and it's one of those things, like, oh, I'm so happy that that came out. Yeah. That would be sad if there was, again, like, a lot of the basic, you know, again, I love 30 Rock so much, it was such a bizarrely meta show, and then to have it go away, like, there's no really good comedies that I watch. I kind of like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but 30 Rock. Uh, And Man in the High Castle. I was wondering if somebody was going to have put Man in the High Castle. Man in the High Castle. We all knew Sebastian was going to put Man in the High Castle. I I think out of all of us, it's just you and Sebastian who have Amazon Prime. Is that right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, so you guys are the only ones who could watch it anyway. I don't don't fault any, because it's not a... I mean, they have rebroadcast rights for other countries that don't have Amazon Prime, but no, it's it's not a show I, I expect anybody to watch, but it's definitely the show that they came... It came out like a couple days difference from jessica jones yeah, and mm-hmm. it was the show that eventually is like all right sorry jessica jones i gotta watch man in the high castle this is just better this is easily the best show i've seen I was this sitting year. at the end of the weekend he has amazon prime i was like hmm 
Yeah, it's just one of those things like, it's like, this is just the best show I've seen this year. And that's really weird to have like a best, like, this is really good, really. And somebody who likes World War, not only World War II, but then like all the alternate history and like the idea of like, well, what if? And the show Mm -hmm. tries to do a good job of portraying that. Mm-hmm. Spookiest scene is, you know, he, he, he tire, his truck gets a flat as he's trying to go to the neutral zone, and he, you know, cops like, hey, you want a hand? And they talk. It's like, oh yeah, my dad was in the war. It's like, yeah, I don't even remember life. It's like, you know, come to think of, it, I don't even remember life. You know, before the war, we have it so good, and then it starts to snow. It's not snow, it's ash, and it's like, oh, and he's like, what is that? It's like, oh, it's from the hospital. Yeah, today's the day they're burning the the disabled and the mm-hmm. and the mentally ill. And it's just him eating a sandwich as he's becoming Covered. dusted yeah. with human bodies. Just like, mm. all right, gonna have to continue this. That's really cool. <laughs> and it's that spooky, like... The, the, no, the big question is, how do you get a flat tire in space as you're headed to the neutral zone between... Oh, yeah. And <laughs> well, I knew it's a, you were going to say it has, that. You, know, you, gotta, you gotta watch out for the space mines and... You know, you got the the, the space caltrops that like, the the Romulans drop everywhere. I think like my, my like my like my favorite spooky moment from that show was at the was at the very beginning, and that's what really sold me on it. When remember when he's in the in the theater, and then it got like that. He's watching the newsreel. He's watching the newsreel, and then like the American flag unfurls, and instead of the stars and stripes, he's got like the. It's the Iron Eagle. Or is it the swastika? And then it says Sig Heil. Like, yeah. like okay, I'm sold. That's it. Yeah, yeah, there's another great moment in the show where it's basically like Liberation Day, which is like the Fourth of July, when essentially they treat it like the like the Nazis liberated the United States from the tyranny of the old government. And it's just him, you know, he's going to like the Liberation Day, you know, the barbecue, and it's just a perfect, it's perfect Americana. But on the mailboxes are the Iron Eagles. And it's the kids, you know, you know, wearing the red armbands and just playing in the streets. And it's that it's that the creepiness of like it's like the world they don't live the world they live in is is It's the same but it is it, it's it but it's a like like it is like that bizarrely fifties sort of like T V picture esque yeah. ideal, but then you think about the cost and having read the book and you know it's like, well this is East Coast when all the blacks and the Jews and the minorities and the disabled they're all dead. Yeah. They they have all been but eliminated and just that really weird moment of like just it just that eerie mm-hmm. like atmospheric like well, everything. realization. Of, yeah, that's yeah. like like that could have happened. Right. You know? And then you have like the, all the west coast stuff is the Japanese empire which is also good cuz the main character from that front she takes judo and her parents are, you know, still very sort of like, you know, they remember the time before the war. But she was a little kid, but she's raised on tea, and she, you know, goes to school with Japanese students, and she takes the judo. And her mom's like, I can't drink, you know, tea is, you know, dirt water or whatever. And she loves her coffee, but the Japanese don't drink coffee, so she can't readily get it. And just like, oh, they watch the sumo matches instead of Western yeah. sports. Mm-hmm. So you have like sort of that, that where you have like the East Coast is like, well, we've. The East Coast is sort of like, this is sort of the Nazi, the Reich yeah. has won, but in Japan, you sort of have, in the West Coast, you still have the people who are like, I don't like living under Japanese rule, we have an emperor, and they do a really good job of having that divide. Hmm. I've, yeah, I've still got to start that one, I haven't started it yet. Um, okay, so my top five, I've I watched so much television that it's really, really hard to... You watch a lot of bad television. Yeah. Well, that, that, was easy to, theory, that was yeah. easy to weed out. But it's like, even like my top, you know, five of them, narrowing it down was just really hard. So in my top five, I put like uh, Better Call Saul, you know, uh, Walking Dead, 
I even put Arrow down there because Arrow this season has been good, but not as good as it has been. Uh, the crossover event was really cool because I actually felt that that the Flash was more of the hero and more of the good guy. You know, which I mean, that's obviously yeah. the dynamic, but he was. They had changed roles. There's more of the teacher students, you know, the the teacher be or the student becoming the teacher. Um, but yeah, so yeah, he's dealt with the metahumans more so than all he has. So. Exactly. Uh, so number four was Flash. Number three, I put Rebels as three. Uh, I almost wanted to separate, you know, cartoons from, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and TV, TV. Yes, but so. You know, and it is. I, it's it's on. You know, it's on at um, you know prime time. Yeah. So that's number three. Number number two is Jessica Jones. Number one's Daredevil. Um, I actually, you know, when I, when I'm going back thinking about Jessica Jones and Daredevil, they're both. It's so easy to put them as one and two because they're such short shows. They don't have time to develop the fluff or you know those, those little arcs that you're going. Uh, that's you know, the, that's the best with uh, cable shows. Though, yes. So. So and and part of me almost wants to put Jessica Jones above Daredevil because I liked some of the dynamic between Jessica Jones. I, I love the dynamic between her and Luke Cage. <clears throat> Excuse me, and her and uh, and, and Patsy. Uh, what? what she, Patsy no, Walker. Hell yes, yeah. yes. And I, I love I loved how they they hinted to those things. Yeah, yeah. And as I was telling Mikey and Ethan the other night, you know, she felt like you know, even though she was she accepted her world. There was still part of her that wanted to be that Avengers type superhero, whereas Daredevil, he knew what he wanted. He knew, you know, he he knew what his limitations were, and he was that was it. That's all he needed to do. She kind of struggled with only staying mediocre, if you will. You right. Know, she, she wanted to kind. There were those moments where she wanted to be that superhero. But yeah, but then she resigns herself to just sort of being a slob. Right. And- like, like, like my favorite moment but that's when, how, she, that's when like, she quits her job and it's like a private investigator but she's like has a you know just a crappy office job and then she just sort of like it's like no you're gonna you're gonna let me do nothing at my job because I have blackmail on yeah. you and then she just decides to quit anyway and just knocks over all the file cabinets but it, but it's the way you know real life is you know we there's a lot of times you know most people aspire to be something greater than what they are but life just keeps them yeah, where they are and she's kind of happy being like in her mediocrity, because yeah. it's but because it's all she knows at this point. Yes, and then characters like Luke Cage and Patsy Walker are like, no, they're they're better. It's a better life out there for you than than doing what you're doing now. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and Doctor Who I could not put in this. You know, the season it got better, but to me, the only shining moment of Doctor Who this year was the Christmas special. It was a really good Christmas special. That was to me. Very good. It felt I, back to form. It yeah, did at least for me. It did. It it really did. It was, and and I get you know that, that says a lot to Alex Kingsley coming in there and and or she just she brings that character in. She's so dynamic in that role, and the whole the whole time when she's not realizing that it's the Doctor and everything. I love the looks on his face. Like what? Oh, yeah, right. yeah. I'm at the she beginning, really don't know what the hell. It's like how do you not know? You know, like <laughs> I, I'm a doctor. Okay, you're a doctor. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, at the, I'm at the beginning uh, yeah. of of her timeline, and that's what it was so. That's what was so perfect about that. Yeah, and they did really well, and they sort of gave made it a really good bookend. Mm-hmm. And if they ever wanted to bring the character back, because I think the moment they're saving for her is the day he sends her to die. 
Yeah. Which is something they still haven't done and I've been waiting for. Well, they because well, the way that they, they kind of alluded to it was that, okay, the, the night there is 24 years long, so yes. they have plenty of time where they can do other things. Right. But the next moment that she, when she leaves the doctor that time, the next time she sees the doctor is the 10th doctor in the library. Right. And I think that is, that's great. It's the inference, but I'm still waiting for that. Because that's something, like, when you make, when whenever you give Alex Kingston her last appearance on the show, that's the moment where it's like, okay, you bring her arc full circle. Because mm-hmm. her arc is a circle. Yes. Quite literally. And that's when it becomes the, like, all right, it's time to, it's time, it's time to go, and you don't know it yet. And, and, and handing her the screwdriver this time, and, you know, she even says in the library one, the last time I saw him, you know, we were standing at the singing towers, and yeah. he was crying. You know, so that way, you know that that's you know you. If they never bring her back, right? You they can, gave you can her have a you, you have circle. that moment. Yes, but if you were to bring her back for one more time, you get that. You can do the. I'm going to send you on your way. And they've talked about maybe bringing her on as a companion for either half or full season. I wouldn't mind that because again, it's the, the the. I think the character is almost up. And yes. I don't. I, I I liked it better when, the, I like it better having like okay, here's one episode instead of like oh we're gonna throw around every season. Mm-hmm. It's like no 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 you're you're taking away the mystery. Now I know you don't like the character, but I would love to see at least one episode with River, Missy, and the Doctor. I wouldn't mind that, but I feel like those are because those are three strong. The the three the the two females are extremely talented actresses. No, they're great actresses, and I think that they would play extremely well off each other. And the dynamic and seeing the Doctor in the middle of that would be really it would be it would be interesting. But I don't know if that would be too much of that like what a fan wants versus what's good for the story. That's true. And for me, it's like that, that's that seems like a cool moment reserved for like a kooky one off comic. Yes. But in the show, it's one of the things like, ah, that, those characters, like, that sounds cool. But then I go, it's like, I don't know if I ever want to see that. One, because that seems like something really important that would have been mentioned earlier uh-huh. that you're just sort of throwing at me. And two, it's like, I don't know. That, that feels like just two, like, two completely different parts of somebody's life is his wife and his mistress, and his mistress yeah, quite literally. Much is a perfect way to sort of frame that. It's like, I don't know if I want to see that. Because that just becomes like, it's Doctor Who. There's no crazy action. There's no real fisticuffs. Uh-huh. And what you'd want to see is basically Alex Kingston beating the crap out of Missy. <laughs> just like, what, what have you done to him? The ultimate cat fight. And I just, no, not even a cat. I just mean like, just like face smashing. <laughs> like, you are a horrible human and I am finishing you. And it's like, no, I, I can't. I, like, that's that's separate. That's separate. That's separate world. Yeah. I don't know if I. I don't know if I need to see collide. And all I know is the. the best, don't try, don't <laughs> yeah, it, it would just be. But for me, it would just be like I just would want to see River just just beat the crap out of her, and, not, and just like it's like it's like no, you're a monster. <laughs> it's like I'm gonna do what. It, it's that it's that moment of like I'm gonna do what you won't do, Doctor. Yes. And it's like that would if that if they were like we're never bringing the master back, and here's why. Uh-huh. Then I would go okay. I would want to see River kill the master, the mistress. Yes. But it's like... And all I have to say is, the Diagon Alley set from Harry Potter has gotten used a lot this year. Yes. Well, you know, uh, low budget. Low budget. Yeah, because they, they did it with Clark, and then they brought it back for the uh, for the Christmas special. And now that, now that Top Gear probably will come back and not do well, 
They got they got money to spend around. Oh yeah. They got money to spread around all the other shows. So anybody else want to wrap up 2015 with one thing? Or let's do this. Here. Everybody give me one word about 2015. Shauna. Wait, one word? One word. To describe 2015? Uh, I I guess. I, oh, but like, I don't like I don't know in terms of like Spell that for me. Like I don't know. Like, wait, like in terms of like entertainment or just in general? Well, because in entertainment, it's pretty freaking awesome. I mean, Star Wars kind of brought it up for me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Awesome. Would, it, would anyone disagree that it was the year of Star Wars? I, I don't know. I didn't Disney. feel like the first half of the year Disney? was really Star Warsy. It's the year of Disney, for sure. They conquered the markets of... They got the. Once they got, Disney buys Fox and Warner mm-hmm. Brothers, then really, I mean, there's just something. There has well, been. That, there been, was rumor that they were in negotiation well, to that, buy. The Warner whole thing Brothers. for Disney was that they've had the girls' market cornered for decades with the Princess line, and Frozen is the juggernaut that still is cranking out money like mm-hmm. Toy Story before it. <clears throat> and then they're like, we got to shore up the boys' half, and they bought Marvel, and then like, I'm going to play Star Wars too, and I just feel like it's like. Yeah, I, I, we can afford it. Just imagine them sitting at a yeah. table, like, hey, hey why, don't we buy, why don't we buy Lucasfilm? Why don't we buy Star Wars? Yeah. Hey, what, hey okay. guys, we already do more with Star Wars hey, than Bob? he does. Hey, Bob, come here, come can, here. Can you get Lucas hey, on the phone? Uh, Mr. Iger, we're gonna buy Star Wars. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Four, four no, wait, billion. Wait. Four. Okay. We're gonna buy all of Lucasfilm, but we only want really want Star Wars. Give Is him, that okay? Give him four billion. Give them $4 billion. But it's also that thing. It's like they did more you with Star Wars, with Clone four. Wars, and with Rebels and stuff than George ever did. And he did oversee them, and I don't want to diminish his well, work on those Clone shows. Clone Wars wasn't them. Clone Wars wasn't, had nothing to do with It was Cartoon Network, but right. it's still. But even with, with bringing with Rebels and him having the input on shows like Clone Wars and Rebels, and you, you could still see like the kernel of yeah. whatever he's doing there to sort of like, oh, well, here's a good story idea, or I kind of like this and whatnot, because uh, somebody I do know worked on Clone Wars and said, like, no, he had a hand in the production of that show a lot a lot more than people think that he did. You will get me a, a, a Coke Zero. And for me, it's just like, no, even with Rebels, they, like, Disney kind of busted their butts for Star Wars. And Do you think that conversation went like, so uh, what did we spend on Marvel? Four billion? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Star Wars is worth we'll, that, right? We'll do, we'll do that, you know. I think Lucasfilm... I mean, I mean and he still owns, this, he still look, owns 49% of Lucasfilm. Yeah? Uh, at this, yeah? At okay. this point, if you look at four billion for Marvel and its various properties, four billion for Lucasfilm, four billion for Marvel is a bargain. Yes. Yeah. For everything they got from Marvel... And remember, they're getting now. Disney is getting money from Fox because mm-hmm. Fox still owes licensing fees to what's yes. now Disney. So Fox is paying Disney for the right to make X Men films and right. terrible Fantastic Four films and stuff like that. So that's it, it, when you look back on it now, like the guys at Marvel are going, "Dude, we should got like six or seven, man," because they bought four million dollars and they don't even care about Indiana Jones. Which why are we talking about the fact that they're talking about? So that was, they I was are. They are. That, they're they're work, well, yeah. and I think that's also well. They had to wait for the rights at Paramount to expire. It's, yeah, it's a bunch of other stuff. But we'll talk. Well, about that that already expired. They did. No, they did expire. But no, that's what I think. That's but what, what they were waiting I was gonna for. Say, I was going to say that for you know next week. Yeah, I would say Year of Disney that's more a story specifically because Disney is always sort of that perpetual success story. Even with first their, time we ever had two Pixar movies in one year. I think so. I think this is the first time they've done that. I don't think a lot that. of people even recognize Good Dinosaur as a Pixar film. Yeah. Because it's so unlike a Pixar film. That's true. I mean, Inside Out is, is, is a lot traditional of hallmarks Pixar. of that, of, of really old school Pixar films. Mm-hmm. Toy Story and Bugs Life and, and those type of very complicated feeling movies that are 
as much relationship driven as plot driven. Yeah. So. Okay, so um, instead of one word, give me one thing you're looking forward for 2016. What happened to 2015? We were going. Well, we're, we're going to skip that. Okay. My word is over. Let's move on. <laughs> What, what, Shauna, what's one thing you're looking for in 2016? Playing catch-up and actually being up-to-date on everything. <laughs> she's looking forward to the 2016 Roundup show a year from now. Yes. Where Chris? she's able to go, oh, I watched it. Um, Batman versus Superman. No. Uh, <laughs> probably Rogue One. Yeah. I mean, it's just it, it's an intriguing film to me on so many different levels. Yeah. As a, as a, again, as a big Star Wars fan... As a big Rogue Squadron fan, as a big fan of something like Republic Commando, which are which are. So I'm really excited for yeah this. Too, it's just, Rogue One is definitely like the is Star Rogue Wars episode, also, episode seven was going to be episode seven no matter what. Right. But for me, it was that like they're trying something this, different. This is this hopefully is, this will be good. Much like what we talked about when we first started talking about Guardians before it came out, where I said Guardians is the most important Marvel film because if it tanks, you're never going to get a film that isn't starring an Avenger ever right. again. We're not doing any of. We're not doing. Ant, they would have canceled Ant Man immediately if Guardians of the Galaxy had somehow absolutely tanked. bombed. Yeah, um, we're, we're talking like Rogue, Fantastic Four yeah, tanked for Rogue One. Rogue One is a super important film because this is the first attempt of doing a film that isn't a, 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 a an animated release of a TV. I was gonna, yeah, I was going to say as a standalone picture that has no direct sequel planned. That has nothing to do with Jedi. Right. It has nothing to do with the Star Wars. It has nothing, to do, with with the, has nothing to do with a Skywalker. What else? It has nothing to do with the Jedi. It has nothing to do with mm-hmm. the Force, really, or any of that. If she turns out to be a Force user, I'm going to be so disappointed in that film. Yeah. I was like, oh. So that, that would be, Rogue if, one. if there's one thing, would be Rogue One. In the one. media. Yeah. In the, in the Nerdables world. We'll say. Well, yeah, well, Rogue One is definitely is up there for me, mostly because because it's different and it's okay. Somebody's trying something a little different. They're going to play with it's, the formula for Star Wars. It's something try I'm and throw excited about, genre. but I'm also intrigued about. Like Episode yes. Seven, I think we were all kind of trepidated, you know, like anxious, and you had some trepidation over it and that sort of thing. This is something like I'm really intrigued by this story. Yes. Right. When, well, when we even, talk about it, stuff in sports and stuff like going into this season of hockey, like what's the the Capitals intrigue me because it's the second year of new like there's stories to follow in right. the sports season. It's the same thing here. There's stories to follow here. You want to talk about stuff that's going to be what Batman versus Superman does is really intriguing to me because if that movie bombs, where then does, where does that leave DC? Yeah. Right. You're, you're stuck in a corner. You got Suicide um, Squad to try and make up for it. That, that's the, again as an intriguing story. Right. As we get to the end of the year. The big piece may be Suicide Squad, which makes a hell of a lot more money than they think it's going to. But that make a hell of a lot no more money than Batman Superman. Bearing on the rest of the DC slate. But that's, yeah. that's, the, that's yeah. the thing. If right. that does really well, maybe DC pulls this back and says, we're just going to do a whole bunch of kind of one-off films that feature characters that we love. Right. Well, that would, if they did the one-off films that had a slight tie-in together. Marvel's whole thing is intriguing. We get one film this year? Two. What's the second one? I keep forgetting. You got Doc, Doc Strange. Doc Strange. Doc Strange. Is Doc Strange yeah. is this year. It's the November Again, film. You've got an intriguing piece. What does Civil War do? You know, it Avengers is no, two it's point. November. Or is it? I mid? think. I think it's end of summer. I think it's like an Ant Man. Oh, it, no, it's August. It so is. It's, August. it's the same time time frame as when Guardians yeah. was. But no, that's the thing. Rogue One, like Episode Seven, was going to be Episode Seven, and we knew there would be eight and nine. They were going to finish it no matter what. There was no way that that movie was. That they would just go, oh, well, uh, this didn't do well. Well, we're not going to make the other two. It was going to be a trilogy no matter right. what. And it's a movie that is one of those things like, it, 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 
there was nothing anybody could do to stop. Like it's gonna, you know, it's gonna have the Jedi. It's gonna have lightsabers. This is, this is again. I, I do you think it'll have Darth Vader at some point? No, no, I don't think so. No, no, not, no I don't think worse. so. But it's it's that weird thing where again, still like they're, they're saving Vader for the first anthology film that's after the trilogy. Yeah. Which now they're saying Boba Fett is the is the third one. We'll see. I, yeah. I my my money's still on Vader until they say otherwise. Mikey. Right. To, yeah, in terms of enter- entertainment. Yeah, entertainment. And Doctor Strange releases November 4th. Iron okay. Fist. I want Iron Fist. <laughs> Ethan? Well, uh, season 6. Well, yeah, Negan. I, I want yeah, Iron Fist. Because it's essentially going to be starting the whole story with Negan, so, which is a great story arc in the comics, so I'm just excited for that. So I'm, whether it's going to be in the uh, mid-season premiere, like in this second half of season So not six. reading the comics, let me guess. They show up somewhere where they think it's they're safe, and then they're not safe, and then bad humans show up and something bad happens. It's a formula. Oh! So there's something different than all of the other Walking Dead stories? Rick is the worst leader in history. <laughs> are we safe here, Rick? Yes, we are. Oh, shoot. Zombies and people who want to kill us. Oh, well. I didn't see this coming. Sebastian. Uh, Rogue One is pretty high up there. But again, I think that's because it's it's going to be vastly different. And again, I I try to like you know, nerdables, and you know I mentioned it earlier. It's like you know you said eighty eight million dollar eighty eight million people or eight tickets sold for Star Wars. Uh-huh. But then I also have to go. It's like well the the, the tiny fraction of people who are going to pay attention to any expanded universe stuff. Again, is that big divide, and I think that's where Rogue One has to make or break itself. Yes, because again, you you know you, you mentioned like oh you got to matters read the, more the visual what's in front right. of Star Wars is it Star Wars or what's after Star exactly. Wars exactly the title exactly right. same thing with Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy that's the SNL parody it's so great because it's true we're Marvel you'll watch fucking anything we put up it that was it that's why Marvel's the first thing in every in every right. one of these and that, 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 Marvel's that, Daredevil Marvel's Jessica Jones right. Marvel's Agents of Shield and that's Marvel. that's what that's what this is going to be because again like. You know, we've said in the show, and, you know, me and Chris have sort of eye-rolled, like, it's like, yeah, Visual Dictionary is great. You know, it's got a lot of cool stuff in there. It's got a lot of stuff from the screenplay, and it's really cool for the people who like to dig deep. But of the 88 million tickets sold, a percent, you know, yeah. 1%, a percent of a percent is going to actually it's, care it's about that. It's a fun piece if you enjoy what, what, what started this from, from all the way back. When the role-playing games did these yes. simple stories that told, hey, remember General Veers who was in the movie for half a second? Here's a really cool story as how he became a general when he was a colonel and he saved the Imperial dignitaries from natives on this planet because he looked at the Adat and said, let's go crush people with its legs. Not necessary to the story. My problem, my, hold on. My problem with saying you need to read the book, the visual dictionary, or what have you. There are important plot points that are not explained in the film that are explained in the pieces. I agree. That's wrong. And that's I where agree. I say it's it's great, it's fun, it's cool. I love the hell out of the visual dictionary. I thought there was a lot of cool little nuggets and pieces explaining the pirate gangs, the yes. Conja Club and the other dude, the Irish dude. You don't need to know anything in the film about those two gangs except they're they're two pirate gangs. And Han Solo owes them money. Yes. It's all explained to you in the exchange in the hallway. I agree. And yeah. that's for me. My big worry about Rogue One, here's what my big worry about Rogue It's going to be a great movie that is, Star Wars is secondary to because they're selling it as a hard war film. Well, they've entitled it Rogue One, One a Star oh, right. Wars story. And, that, and it's going to be really, really good. And it'll do well, but not going to do 
it's not going to do episode seven money, oh, and no. that's going to hurt the anthology series in the future because it'll be like, well, it made the two hundred fifty three hundred million dollars. But it wasn't episode seven money. The thing with that is, I think they understand. Cause this is the same thing with Avengers and, and other Guardians Marvel films. and everything else. Yeah, they put out Avengers and they're disappointed in its box office because right, it which Avengers, is still. But they never expected Ant Man to do what Avengers did. Right, you have it, and the Avengers movie should be different than the others. the The trilogy films should be different than the anthology mm-hmm. yes. to me, and that's why I think this is interesting. If it if it does even half of it, then you're saying it's it's successful. Yes. And it deserves the budget it gets because you don't have to do sort of. It'll be a stronger story because you know you don't know you don't need to know where where it is after. It takes place in a much more simpler environment. Yes. And the idea we know who the Empire is, we know who the Rebels are, yep. we know what the Death Star is. Yep. It's going to take all place right before thing, episode and it's four. Just, hey, what's this? That's a Death Star. We need the plans. Where is it? Plans are over here. Go get it. Yep. Go. And that's it. I, I, I love the idea. I can't wait to see it. I'm. Yeah. Especially really because Star Wars good. is first and foremost a franchise for children, and as much as there's a lot of people who go, ah, no, not at all. It's like it's, no, it's, what, it's what it is, and mm-hmm. and again, that's also the bigger divide. It's that you know, it's that really dumb. You know, it's it's 1980. Timothy Dalton's got a Bond movie coming out, and people are sending him letters. I can't take my children to go see a Bond movie anymore because you drop Benicio del Toro in a wood chipper, and that's sort of that like that level of like it's like. I can't take my kids to go see the Star Wars movies. There was people getting blown up left and right. You know the well. That's why Lucas made the bad guys droids and the well, no, originally good that's guys. That's why he made clones. the bad guys in armor because you didn't see where see, the last right. went. He also, if you watch the original trilogy, he never uses the word kill. Right, mm-hmm. it's all destroy. Incredibles. Incredibles got a PG rating because in the cave, she says to to Dash, yes. "They'll kill you." Yes. Instead of they'll. Destroy you they'll capture whatever. you. They'll kidnap yeah. you. Vader tells him, "Don't make me destroy you." He doesn't say, "Don't make me kill you." Right. I'm gonna and chop then, off your hand, but but yeah, but that, that's all. That's my also big thing because again, you know the 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 image that we have as nerds is very different from a regular parent who took their kid to go see Episode Seven, and it was fun lasers, and there was the goofy guy, and there was the weird alien with the glasses, and there was that cute orange thing that had the thing for the thing with the hologram. And then the kid goes, oh, buy me a lightsaber. Done. That is the extent of Star Wars in, uh, in the family it's house. I buy me a riot trooper? By, yes. Great. I, the, the bizarre love for his character is... I love this. I don't get it. awesome. Because there's a story there that we're not being told. No, I'll tell you what the story is, because it was the meme. Oh, the... Where it's where Finn's like, you understand, she's my friend. And then they go to TR-8R and goes... So was I. Yeah, <laughs> right. And and that not, was great. They have the the the, the touching the, the the picture, the Wolverine picture. For, Do you get the TRA? What if he is the guy with the blood hand on on Finn's mask who lives and then sees your buddy who, you know, it's like, you know, you think you're going to die. Like, my friend, I'm here with you. And then he goes to run off with a bunch of terrorists. You're going to be upset and you're going to want revenge because you were you you were going to die for him. And then he lets you go. That, that, the, the touching the picture and the two of them are together, you know, FN2187 and TR8R, and just that was like, you don't understand, she's my friend. So was I. Yeah, TR8R? Yeah. He's Bloodhand guy. That's my own fan theory. The fact that he's named by fans, Yeah, too. just like, he's the guy who's like, my friend, you know, Bloodhand on mask. Oh, I lived. 
I thought we were I, we were friends. We it, fought it, together. It would fit into the idea. Fuck you. The, it fits into the idea that these stormtroopers are different. The the way that the Empire treats the stormtroopers is different. The stormtroopers are very elite now, even more so than they were before. They're trained. They're worth keeping. They used the medical facility. They didn't just leave the stormtroopers dying on the no, battlefield. They took, them. they took them in. They nursed them back to hell. He becomes a riot trooper, and he comes in and he just they throws provide, a traitor! They provide mental a health facilities for them. has no business being on this battlefield. No, he doesn't. He drops his shield and his weapon. It's because it's J.J. Yeah, because that's, it's J.J. Abrams and it needs to look cool. Which is, yes, I know, I roll, I do the same thing. thing. It looks cool, and that's the... Sometimes talk, there's nothing wrong with looking but, cool. But the you moment want to talk about going, no, every but time But the moment I he goes traitor... Like, oh, no, I love that, God. because it's, it's so cool. It's so... I mean, and it is, yes. It's, it's a total... It, it, it's it's fine. It'll be my Star Lord dance moment. Uh, I is. love that idea. It was just look. There's a more of a personal. It, it, he wants to just really, and it like, can be you, explained. You, hold on, it can be explained away in the idea that they don't want to kill him. They want to bring him back. Yeah, but if, if, you do, if you do the fan film thing that Sebastian came up with, I accept it. I totally accept that's my, that's Sebastian's one I, shot Star Wars comic as T R eight R blood hand I guy. With my my personal writing of it is that Phasma says that Finn needs to come back alive. It's it's your she idea. It, it, it's literally your idea with this with Star Lord. If he was dancing to you know, and it was it was done, motivated a different yeah, way. Yeah, this looks a lot cooler. Yeah, <sighs> but and still. it also doesn't. It you don't know who that character is. So it doesn't betray the character arc you've already given that trooper. It's also that in that bizarre, like, the, the Stormtroopers Star 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 know each other's faces. Because, I mean, come on, if they were just faceless people in, in white suits, you wouldn't care who that guy is. Like, who's that? The, the, the way that they explain how the Stormtroopers are, you know, that they're taken at birth, they, they, they're trained together, they would yes. recognize one another. They would have time with their helmets off. You know, that sort of thing. So it's, it, yes, it's a lot of backstory that as a fan you have to provide. At the end of it, yes, it's just a movie in which a guy sees a dude that he doesn't like. And he's like, I'm, I'm taking you out the best way possible. I'm doing this. Let's go. You know, Leroy Jenkins. If you really want to think, it's like he, he's fought a guy with a lightsaber before and he knows Leroy that ostensibly he's, he's able to block the shots. That's if he the other he absurdness of this is that now stormtroopers are being... A, they have a magic weapon that can fight stormtroopers. They're, they're, yeah, they're being they can fight lightsabers. To, to fight lightsabers now. He's not fighting a lightsaber. Well, you would think. He is. The, no, the, the but he's, not, he's not fighting a Jedi. He's fighting the normal he's dude. He's fighting a guy. That's the thing. Is they, have to, they have to have the weapons because they know that the Jedi have these weapons. So they but have to have a weapon. Jedi. It has nothing to do with the weapons well, of the Jedi. It's they the don't right know that there aren't any Jedi. All yes, they know the, is Luke's got his own planet somewhere, and he could be training Jedi. He, he, they, look, look, there are little Jedi's running around on on some monkey the, bars, you know, with the energy that comes jumping off through of little it, tires and their brown cloaks. Like, it's very much like the the manga guard, uh, yes. uh, staffs. Yes, the energy. It's it's been shown that other energy weapons can stop a lightsaber. Yes, so he has an energy weapon. He sees a guy with a lightsaber. He takes the energy weapon and fights him with the saber. But he wouldn't have any. There wouldn't be any previous knowledge of that. Well, I can't believe. Look, look for a guy who thought Star archives, Wars was okay, sure. I can't believe I have to be no. the devil's advocate <laughs> for a character <laughs> that how? means nothing how? Because, to the overall how? story. Because when the Empire took over, Jedi became a myth, a legend. They don't know that. Look, I can't. Commander Hux has probably got a video of little Jedi's running through tires like Al Qaeda doing monkey bars. Okay. <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> well, hold on. Also, the fact that the leader of Phasma's forces are with him. Kylo Ren has a lightsaber. Yes. 
So they would know what a lightsaber is, and they would know that it is a possible weapon that they would run so into. So what you're saying is... Hex, the they've also, the they, they've on, also seen on. this guy stop the laser bolts with magic. The lightsaber's not also the only energy weapon that they have. So what you're saying is Hex and Phasma realize that maybe they need to protect themselves against Kylo Ren, so they they started training some of the special forces. But or, you're, I'm sorry, you're, 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 losing, you're losing what a riot trooper is. The riot trooper is a non-lethal yes. trooper. He has an energy stun weapon. As an energy, as an energy force over those two prongs, it would be able to stop a lightsaber. Okay, so so no, the, he is a non-lethal stormtrooper. Mm-hmm. Yet I can't believe a, this is this is this is the, that's the line for yeah. you in a movie. Yeah. In, in, this, in that entire movie, that's the line. It's like uh, the stormtrooper. I can live with the, Chewie not hugging the woman that he's known for forty no, years after his like best that. friend dies. But the problem I can't have is why is there a guy on a battlefield who is using a, who is, is using his regular weapon? Who has a stun baton on the side of it? He's also the only stormtrooper in history with a shield. Right, shield. And he drops the shield. Because he wants to kill the the man he... The shield won't stop the saber! Okay, guys. The baton will! Okay, okay, because this podcast has gone on for almost three and a half hours now, so I say... So anyways... We wrap it up. The one thing I'm... The thing I'm looking forward... Yeah, the thing I'm looking forward in 2016 is... More Deadpool. Deadpool I'm, in, I'm intrigued by Deadpool I'm a lot. The more every, I've seen... every trailer I see makes me more and more happy to see Deadpool, but I don't know if that's going to work. The I, more, the I more see and more it, I see of it, uh, it's actually the reverse. Really? I think, I think that movie's going to be so far over the top, it's not going to be compelling in any way, shape, I or think form. Interesting. Uh, it, it, the, uh, it's a movie that could definitely go either way for me. Like That movie could end up being really good and that's one reason why I'm really so intrigued bad. by it. That's why yeah, I'm, no, I'm, I'm intrigued by it. I... My personal feeling now, as I keep seeing it, I'm going, I think I'm going to get really tired of Deadpool about 30 minutes in. But of all the movies that are coming out, you know, even Cap and everything like that, this is the one that intrigues me the most. Especially the way Ryan Reynolds has embraced this character, the way that the whole promotion around this thing has, has become so big and so Deadpool. I mean, it, it is. It's like they pulled the character right off the comic book pages. I'm just wondering if that's going to translate in the movie the way it has so far. There's right. a reason why Deadpool got canceled over and over again. Because after a few years, people got sick of the way Deadpool sure. was. Now, this Deadpool's very... The way Deadpool is now is so breaking the fourth wall that it just kind of throws away. Again, my fear seeing that is, one, you have a character that if they go with the current state of Deadpool, he's Wolverine. You can't do anything to him. True. And I hate that. I mean, if you're just going to sit there and, like, we're just going to pump bullets into him until he doesn't fall over because we can't kill him there's no the whole thing becomes well it's a comedy to see how many people he can cut heads off of right what's that they haven't told you and i'm glad they haven't told you is what's the story Mm -hmm. who knows if you do something like the the good bad and the ugly story that jerry duggan and and brian posein wrote in which you're like oh it's kind of funny oh it's oh my god well, they've kind of it's given you hints. Yeah. Kind of him that's kind of a revenge story for yes. what they did to yeah, him. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's something where, like, and then I don't, the I don't dude really that he, know. The dude that turns him into it kind of goes after the girl. Yeah, some weird. That, that, yeah. I'm in, no, I, I, know, yeah. I know there's little pieces, but I don't, I don't know it. I don't want to yeah. know it. Yeah. But the more that I see of the. I was like, if, if it's two and a half hours of this 30 seconds, I'm not going to enjoy this film. Because I think that this could be the runaway. The, this, this could be the surprise hit. That's going to make a ton of money first weekend, but again, it's going to depend on... It's also the fact that Deadpool does not have any name outside of comic, comic book, book fandom. That's true. 
you know, neither did Ant Man, but Ant Man is also a Marvel film. But also, look at how many Deadpool's we see at every con we go. To. But but again, look, it, that's how many the... Deadpool's you see at every con doesn't translate into a movie that's going to make four hundred million dollars when it opens the second week of fucking February. Right. You, can, you can take every Deadpool cosplayer and fill one movie theater versus. You know, oh god, that, <laughs> that, that you have. To, but <laughs> versus, you that, we're not going that. opening night <laughs> versus versus the regular audience you have to attract to a movie like that. Right. It's a reverse. Where's Waldo? It's all Deadpool's, but one person. Where's the one there. person? Oh, I'm sure there's no, got. It's the one person that's going to go is Deathstroke. <laughs> a lot of people are complaining that it's a movie that's so. It's a rated R movie, and it's aim. It's aiming its uh, marketing towards kids, yep. though too. Yes, and. Well, I, I loved, see it I loved even at the at the Green Band trailer that the very end of a Deadpool pops up and he's yeah. telling everybody to go over and watch. If you really want to see what this looks like, yeah. But yeah, well, it's, a, it's a nod to the fact. That, yeah, kids are going to sneak into R yeah. or whatever. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what that does. You're gonna it's see a the lot anti of film. I right, look. You're going to see a lot of. You're going to see that audience that you're looking for. Yes, can't go see that film legally. Right. Without a guardian. That's true. But and how many parents are going to go, oh, let's go see the movie about the guy who's going to be swearing the whole time and cutting people's heads off. The dads will want to take their kids. Here, here's the thing, here's the the thing about that, though. I, I had like a mini Facebook rant. Not a rant, but I was sort of like, just sort of like throwing it you out there. It's never like, rant. No, but, but it was one of those things like, it's like there are a lot of rated R movies that have kids marketing to it that oh, yeah. everyone just sort of bypasses in their head. And everyone's like, oh, they're marketing this to kids. It's like, yeah, but... RoboCop had cartoon shows. Yep. Uh-huh. Starship Troopers had action figures. Rambo had a the original alien. The original to me, alien. Though, the, the change with that is a lot of those came after the film came out. Yes, RoboCop. But, but the, RoboCop but the as a toys cartoon. came out at the same time though. RoboCop didn't. Starship Troopers did. RoboCop didn't. Rambo didn't. That was all post. That was all post. But yeah. it's still, it's the same idea. It's like they're oh, marketing yeah. a rated R movie. Doing even that's Alien. The, Tales of the Crypt had a cartoon where you look at yeah. like the nineteen seventy six commercial for the Kenner Alien yeah. toys. It's just two kids you mean like the oh. reaction toys that came out now. Yeah, no, it's like it's the you know it's like, it's like we gotta close the airlock. The aliens coming to get us. Like you, you your kids, you, you're like. Seven, you're watching Alien with Ridley Scott's Alien. This is amazing. All right, so we're gonna yeah, we're apparently, gonna, we're apparently gonna kids could handle it back then, yeah. but they can't handle Deadpool. We're gonna wrap things up. Well, Deadpool, we're, we're gonna get into more obviously because it gets closer. But I, the one thing I'm gonna leave it on, and we're, no one even really has to answer it yet, is I'm beginning to wonder if this is Fox's answer to the failed Fantastic Fours, the bad X Men movies, and everything. No. As Look, this you want you want your cartoon character to be or your comic book character to be like he is in the comic book. Here, here's your fucking movie. Enjoy it. I, I think you've read way too much into that. You think I so? Think, yeah. I, I think no, that's make, what happened. A movie. That's what happened with Spider-Man Three because Sam Raimi yeah. for years was like, I hate Venom as a character. I don't like him. And then they forced him to do Venom. And then he went, I'll give you a Venom movie. And then out of spite, made a horrible film. And I don't know if and it made the most money of any Spider-Man film. It did, but I also don't know if. If if uh, Deadpool is a movie made out of spite, more so than just like, more so than just like, we're gonna try something different. Do you think Ryan Reynolds is making him out of spite out of how bad no. Green Lantern? I, no, it has nothing to do. With I think I think Ryan he wanted Reynolds to do a good movie. He played it before. He wants to play that character. I, I'm not saying he doesn't like that character, but he also doesn't have the. Ryan Reynolds isn't buy, isn't isn't paying for this film. Right. It's not a Ryan Reynolds film. It's a Fox film. I don't believe so, movies are made bad on purpose for the most part. No. Not when is, there's hundreds of millions of dollars at stake. Fox went to this because they said there's there's six Deadpool books every month. Yeah. There's two regular books and a miniseries and a one-shot. And this sort and Marvel of thing. won't pull it off the shelf. 
Yeah. So it's just like that's there's a there's a comic in Spanish. That's completely in Spanish. Yeah. Somehow I didn't get any returned. It was weird. Um, I'm sure you'll see Gwenpool just some little cameo, just oh, in no. the background. You can't. I don't. I don't think so. Spider Man oh, yeah. character. Spider Man character. Oh. Because of the Gwen factor. Okay, so this wraps up our extended edition of 2015. 2015, 2016. That just won't Star end. Wars. <laughs> um, next week we'll go back to our regular Star hour Wars. shows. A regular you Star Wars, Star Wars. podcast? <laughs> yeah, we're going to do a 24-hour. Um, so yeah, for Ethan, who already bailed, Chris, Sebastian, Mike, Shauna, I'm already saying we'll too. see you next time, and you know where to find us.